Welcome, everybody, back to the Game Vault podcast. Yes, it is still my voice here. Jen did not fire or kill me uh, between episodes. Um, thank you for coming back. Um, as always, I am joined by uh, Ms. Jenny. Hello, hey, hello. Again. Doing okay? Doing okay? Good, good. And as we mentioned last time, we will... Um, always have a third rotating uh, chair guest. It might be somebody multiple times. It may be just one-offs. Um, we don't know how long we'll have to do this as Tom is currently taking care of a new human. Um, or at least we hope it's human. We haven't, <laughs> we haven't seen it yet. So. True. Awkward. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you can't assume things. Um, anyway, um, so at that beautiful uh, voice you just heard, um, we are joined by... Um, uh, Death comes from Twitch. Uh, uh, we'll just call him uh, James for the rest of the episode, just so I uh, don't accidentally say the word death twice um, back to back, especially um, when we're talking about our game vault or um, roulette game this week. So, James, yes. how you doing? Hello. Pretty good. How you doing? Pretty good. Pretty good. Glad. Great Friday night. Um, so, um, I'll let you uh, start off here. Um, just, uh, you know, do your plug. Where can everybody find you on, on uh, the interwebs here? Uh, I am, uh, I go under the name death underscore comes underscore. Uh, and I stream primarily with my wife. We are variety streamers and uh, we play a little bit of everything. Um, Saturdays is always our horror game nights and uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, uh, community nights and other various games. Uh, we start at uh, six thirty p.m. Eastern time, and go pretty well till we just get tired, <laughs> which is you know could be nine thirty, ten o'clock, uh, twelve, one, etc. That, that doesn't sound like any other streamer I know. <clears throat> well, well, you know, stay up until she gets tired. I yep. don't know. <laughs> Midnight so, owl. Yep. <laughs> so thank you for joining us. Um, uh, we'll f uh, find out at the, your main reason for being here um, is that you have a lot of experience and I'm guessing love for our roulette game this week, Parasite Eve. Ooh, yes. Yes. So um, be sure to hang around for that. But first, as we always do here, we uh, talk about what we've been playing over the past two weeks. Um, and as always, I will start out with our guest. James, what have you been up to? Oh, man. Uh, I've been playing. I've been all over the place. I uh, actually did a stream earlier today. I'm back on uh, Resident Evil 2. I nice. absolutely in, am enjoying the heck out of that. Uh, it's the first time I played. It's, it's my first playthrough of the remake. I yeah. hadn't oh, played cool. it since um, the last time I played Resident Evil 2 was either probably the GameCube version, actually. Oh. And uh, so I've been pretty hooked on that. I have been spending a lot of uh, free time on Fallout, Fallout 4 of all things, uh, just because I just really enjoy building. Uh, <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah, I can relate to that. Did you, did you also build a uh, Iron Man like setup of power armor out in the middle of your town? I have not yet. Uh, what I've actually been doing is uh, collecting an army of power armor from around the world yeah. and compiling it at one uh one base and yeah. letting my villagers get in it uh oh, I'm, nice. I'm playing with it heavily modded so yeah <laughs> yeah i just uh uh well i i was going to make a joke but i did just out myself um i uh i set it up to where they were basically like iron man suits just hanging out in the middle of the town just uh, in those oh, steel funny. little boxes 
they were a out warning. There and then it would have the <laughs> Iron Man suits and they would just be all lined up. And I got all the all the power armors in the game and just lined them up. <laughs> oh, no, that's pretty awesome. Now I haven't thought about that. I, yeah. uh, but I, I love to build the, the villages. Um, yeah. I, I enjoy the forest and, uh, the forest, uh, I, I like the open world mechanics of being able to build anywhere I want to. And yeah. I've been really excited for the second forest, uh, oh, which got delayed again, but <laughs> you know, I got high hopes. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I've been back since uh, the first DLC stuff, but um yeah i still did that one town i forget the name of it the, the first one they let you start building sanctuary at. that's it sanctuary yeah um so i built up that run power lines everything has lights um nice. you know <laughs> good old wasting time as a nice respectable town yeah 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 just just uh has a uh, line of power armor um <laughs> protecting it question mark? yep Scaring um, away people. Well, you leave the power cores in them. Uh, the villagers, if if there's a invasion or something, the villagers will actually get in the power armor and use them. All right, that's something funny. to look forward to if I jump into it next time. <laughs> I still like my favorite bug, and I they probably did this out by now. One time, I just came out of my um, one of the houses there and turned around, and all of a sudden, uh, uh, a helicopter just uh, exploded in the air and crashed right outside the town, just <laughs> randomly. <laughs> like hell was that and then there's just big fire and smoke that's one of the things that you said just you know the the open world part of it is just the way they design it and why the jank and the bugs come in to play is that anything can happen um yeah oh yeah yeah because they just they program things to just go and free will yeah if it smashes into each other it smashes into each other (laughs) um but yeah so i'm glad you're enjoying that um yeah sorry to uh Cut you off, but is there was there anything else? Oh man, I, like I said, I'm all over the place. Uh, recently started uh, Ark uh, and and uh, Lost Ark, and <laughs> you know, been doing. I've been wanting, to, I've been playing a lot of Worms here lately. Somebody, um, <laughs> not going to mention names, <clears throat> uh, is supposed to come in and get owned uh, yes. playing Worms with me, and uh, she's been, you know, I think she's scared. Oh, I really do. If the, if the truth be known. Uh, I believe there's some fear. Um, mm. We already know that she's incredibly intimidated and, and terrified of, of the hag mm-hmm. um, and dead by daylight. Um, yeah. And I, I think there's some fear of the worms. I think interesting. Is. This person, this person, if they were here would refute that, but you know, we all know that they're not on this podcast right now. So sure. We'll, yeah. we'll go with that. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Ro- Roxy Fox is a completely different person. Exactly. Yes. Whoever yes. that is. Yeah. She sounds cool though. You should go follow her on Twitch. <laughs> I, you know, I don't know. Um, no, maybe not. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, but seriously, I can't wait to play worms. I don't, Mark, did you ever play worms? Uh, the play? original worms? Yeah. Stuff? Right. Yeah. I think I played it like, I don't think I've played it since like originally PS1, PS2 era. Oh yeah. That, yeah. Yeah. I think, oh yeah, I got the disc from um, from that. Yeah, no, that was a friend's disc. Okay, I was thinking, I was like, I think I have the original too, but I'm like, no, it's one of those things when we used to go over each other's houses mm. <laughs> and play video internet. games, not over the internet. Um, long, yeah. long ago. Yeah. So, anything else before we move on? Nah, that's about sums up what I've been into. So, Jen. Yes. Uh, outside of spending hours creating your character in Tiny Tina's Wonderlands, <laughs> what else yeah. have you been up to? Uh, so the usual, I'll go first. Uh, Dead by Daylight. I'm 
incredibly frustrated with it, but still loving it. So all is good there. Um, the rank reset or grade reset is happening on the 13th. So uh, prepare for extra sweatiness. Coming come to a DVD match near you. Uh, we have some hints, some conspiracy theories about who, what, what the next licensed killer is going to be. Um, a while back, they thought that it was going to be a Conjuring chapter. So I don't know if that's off the table or not, but I haven't heard anything else about it. But now people are saying it could be a Xenomorph, which is my ultimate dream killer in that game. So fingers crossed. It, they're saying it's going to come out with um, the sixth anniversary, which is, I want to say, within a few months from now. I don't remember exactly when it is, but we'll have to see. Right now, it's just all rumors. Everyone wants it to be Five Nights at Freddy's uh, Spring Trap. I don't really know who that is, but I don't know. We'll have to see. I got to say, none would be pretty creepy, though. The nun, yeah, I agree. I feel like they would have to come up with um, sort of a, what's the word? Like a unique way of, of building her powers because there's already a couple killers that I feel like, like the uh, the nurse and the spirit. So I, I would hope that they would kind of separate them power-wise, but she's so creepy, the nun, that I would like have a heart attack if she was chasing me in that game. But yeah, we'll have to see who we get as the killer. Um, Phasmo, of course, is my one, my one true love still. Um, nothing new to report there. I, I think there's a VR overhaul. So if anyone listening likes to play VR and Phasmo, you can go check that out. Um, I played Devour, which is awesome because they came out with a fourth map and it's not just one location. Like the rest of the places have been like a house or a sauna or whatever. This one is actually a, um, old Western town which is really cool. So there's like a saloon, a bank, there's uh, a sheriff's, you know, a sheriff's office or whatever. There's um, a jail, there's a church. It's this whole town. Mm. And you have this one guy who looks like an old cowboy. He's a demon and he's chasing you. There's like ghosts that pop out at you and they actually can dodge your flashlight when you're trying to burn them with your UV light to, to get them to go away. So it's a lot of fun. It's, um, it's easier in the sense that there's so many places that you could hide that it makes it harder for him to find you, which is nice. Um, but it's also harder in the sense that you have to search through all of these locations and the town's pretty big. So it takes some time to go through a game. But I really liked it. It might be one of my favorite, if not my favorite map, my second favorite map. Because the original house is hard to beat, but it's really fun. Um and then I've been playing Alien Isolation, which I literally 15, well, no, now like a half hour ago, got off stream <laughs> playing. Um, I got to say, I am not super enjoying this game. It's just the 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 horror aspect is definitely on point. Um, I love the Alien movies. I love it. But that being said, there is way too much emphasis on stealth in the game. And I understand why to a degree. But... I feel like it's just there's way too much checking your scanner. And if the alien's coming, you have to jump in the locker. And then, you know, you can get out of the locker. And then you're going to, it turned around and it's coming again. You jump back in the locker. And it's, it's a lot of like hardcore stealth. And I'm at a part right now that I died four times trying to get past. And literally, I have the alien after me. I have a bunch of robots after me. And I have a bunch of humans after me. Uh, why everyone wants me dead, I don't know. It's not cool. But I died so many times and the save points are spread apart in this one area that I'm doing. So I can't even get to the next save point after I did most of it. 
and save my place. So it's a little frustrating right now. I've heard it's 20 hours to complete, so I don't know if I'm going to be completing this game, but we'll see. I'm uh, taking it a stream at a time, let's say. But uh, yeah, and then as Mark said, I started playing Tiny Tina's Wonderland, which is incredible. I love it. If you are a uh, D&D fan, this game is definitely for you. Also, if you like Borderlands, obviously this game is for you too. Um, I spent a lot of time in the character creator as well, which is not surprising if you know me. And, um, and then I got up to level seven or eight, I think I want to say. Um, it's a lot of fun. I'm a claw claw bringer, I think is the name, which means I have a little dragon buddy that follows me around. Also not surprising if you know me, um, but it's just been a lot of fun. And for an unrelated thing, um, we found out there's no friendly fire. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Someone on this podcast totally didn't try to snipe my dragon out of the sky or anything. Yeah, it was just testing things out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can't <laughs> say anything. I killed her horse on Minecraft. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I think I think that's pretty much it. Other than um, our retro light game that we're going to discuss later. Yes. Yeah. So um, for me, it's been a little bit of a light week just because I've been playing way too much Elden Ring as usual. <laughs> um, so for those of you out there that played it, um, I have found the Turtle Pope, oh. and it's exactly what it sounds like, Jen. It's a turtle with a pope hat. It's the oh. Turtle Pope. Is it an enemy or a good guy or nothing? He is. He is a friend. Okay, cool. He is, he is also a dog, which, uh, again, is another joke for Elden Ring. <laughs> I, I, I oh, wait a minute. Saying. He's the turtle pope. Yes. But he's a dog. What? Yeah. Okay, so I'll explain. Um, <laughs> please, please. <laughs> so a little joke in Elden Ring, because you can do the messages, right, mm-hmm. in all the Dark Souls games. Um, so you can't, when you put a message down, the, in, the meta joke in this game, because there's always one throughout it, sometimes it's like, Slightly sexual in nature, like this one has fingers, so it's like try fingers, butthole. Um, <laughs> yes. You know, so you can go a little dirty there, but it's B-U-T-H-O-L-E, you know, mm-hmm. two separate words. I heard about that one. <laughs> um, so, you know, that's the one. But the other thing that's been some weird meta is that they're calling all the turtles in the games dogs. Huh. Like, they'll just leave a message and go, dog, question mark, um, <laughs> in front of the turtle. Um, so obviously there's a ton of messages around the turtle Pope, um, going dog, you know, and the best part about it, um, and I experienced this and also, um, listened to, uh, Heather Ann Campbell from get played as there's like this quest with the turtle thing. And somebody just put a message on the ground. It was like, look up, it says dog up. And, and immediately I looked up and saw the turtle Uh. and I was like, they have gr- they have groomed it in me that the word dog means turtle. <laughs> now, <laughs> is this going to translate into real life? Do you think? No, probably not. I just <laughs> and also of all the messages I put out there, mm-hmm. the ones that get like the most are anything where I put dog in front of a random animal or NPC. Uh-huh. <laughs> Everybody's like, "Boy, like, ha, I get it." Yeah. Um, but anyway, that game is amazing. I'm in the um, the academy, which is the you know magic um, place which my character running an int character um, means that I'm finding a lot of stuff there to help me out. Um, you know, different kinds of stay staves and wands and stuff like that and, and spells. And it's really creepy. And um, I've seen the boss, um, the, the big boss you have to fight in there. And uh, her second form is pretty freaking cool. I think you would like it too, Jen. Is it a Durgan? Um, hmm? Is it a Durgan? No, 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 it's not Durgan. Just, oh, just okay. the, the, the background. Oh, the background. Appreciate okay. the background. Cool. Um, of, of of the second form. Um, 
but yeah, that game is amazing. Um, I keep playing it and putting off Tunic because I know once I start Tunic, I'm going to just play Tunic um, mm-hmm. because it is a mixture of two games that I really love, which is Zelda. And I remember the one time I went through Fez, I really enjoyed it. Um, so I know I'm just going to get sucked into that game and I want to not drop Elden Ring like I have every other Soulsborne game. Um, uh, so yeah, so I'm playing my way through that. Um, the only other game I've played um, outside of, um, I'll just mention real quick, the playing Zelda 2 for the first time since I was 10 <laughs> is kind of strange because that game acts completely differently than any Zelda game. Even I agree. Though, uh, yeah. I love that game too. Yeah, it's just playing. It's like, oh, okay. So when I was doing the randomizer on Monday where it was flipping through Zelda games, every time I'd go back there, I would need like like three seconds to sort of uh, go, okay, I, I, can, I can jump in this one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, um, and just remember that stuff. But I was having a good time with it. Um, I think I might make it a feature of trying to beat the first three Zeldas as they randomly flip through each other. So look out for that feature coming up. Um, but yeah, the only other game I'm playing is um, MLB The Show um, came free to um, Game Pass. Um, so I picked that up. Um, only played a few games. I'm not going to bore you with sports ball talk. Uh, but um, the fun thing is you can create a stadium in that one. And they went... Um, a lot deeper than they have in the past, or maybe I just didn't notice it in last year's game. But you can literally build everything. Like when you go into the stadium creator gen, mm-hmm. it's just the field and the fence. And they're mm-hmm. like, all right, you can put everything, whatever else you want around it, have at it. Cool. You know? So it's like the Sims. Yeah, you can you can make as many stands or as few stands as you want in yeah. there. That's you can, cool. You can have a random bear statue in left field as I do. <laughs> Um, you can put different backgrounds up, different things. You can have like, you know, uh, different buildings in the background, like to give like a different, um, yeah. sort of, uh, when they, cause they still film your created stadium as though it's a major league stadium. Wow. Um, so, <laughs> you know, you, you have to put your own lights up, um, or else it's pitch black when you play it. <laughs> night. Wow. That's cool. Um, yeah, so it was a lot more like I got in. I was like, oh, you know, I'll just pick my fence. I'll click a couple of buttons here. Yeah, I want like these type of stands. I want, you know, then just click up a couple of buttons and be done. Mm-hmm. No, I got in there and it literally just drops you like, <laughs> to a field. Just, just here's a field. Here's your fence. What's the dimensions you want on the fence? Um, and what kind of grass do you want? Yep. All right, now you put the rest of the stadium around it. You can put lamp light posts up, and that's so cool. Um, you can put concession stands; like they won't be usable, but like for like the background for like the um, you know when you're batting and you're looking out mm-hmm. in the outfield. That's really um, cool. So yeah, it's 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 a really cool feature that they may have had last year, and I just missed. But I messed around with that a little too much, um, and um, yeah. So I'm looking forward to diving a little bit deeper in that. Um, the game is pretty cool. Um, there's some like uh, uh, updated animations and um, things. Uh, the they do a weird thing, which I haven't played enough to see if it's any good. They when you're not playing on quote unquote national TV in the game, they have the broadcast be like centric to your team. Um, like they don't show like uh, highlight packages or anything for the other team. Mm-hmm. It's like it's you know the score the score bug is like your team's color you know it's like sort of supposed to be like a regional broadcast okay um, you know so I'm like oh that's pretty cool um, you know they have opening graphics for every team 
Um, so pretty fun. Um, the one funny thing that I found is that they, when you, again, this may have been in previous games, but when you go to choose your team, when you're starting a dynasty, um, it gives you like the nickname of your team mm-hmm. and just flipping through it and just laughing at like, I don't think these are some of the nicknames for these teams. <laughs> like they, this is just, this is just something people say about them. <laughs> like, like the, um, obviously the more popular teams, like, you know, Boston is, they put the Bo Sox, you know. Mm-hmm. Like things like that, like the Yankees, Bronx Bombers, you know, Mason right. for the Mets, you know, like yeah. the ones we've heard. But then you get to some of them and it's just like they like change some. Oh, the A's is just the A's. <laughs> <laughs> well, because the team name is technically the Athletics. Right. But everywhere they're just called the A's. And it was like right. nicknamed A's. And yep. I was like, okay, <laughs> they didn't try here. But that was pretty cool because some of them. You know, and I'm glad they didn't try one with the new Cleveland team because they changed their name to the Guardians. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I laughed at a couple of those. They're like, this is just like, this is definitely the PR team of that team trying. It's like trying to make fetch happen. <laughs> yeah, is what exactly. Some of these nicknames were. <laughs> That's um, really funny. But yeah, so I'm digging into that. Um, uh, I'm trying to think. There's a couple games. Um, on the f- probably won't get it, you know, because they tightening the budget a little bit more, but. I'm watching videos on Kirby, and I really want to get Kirby. Mm, yeah, Kirby looks really good. You want to become a car, don't you? No, um, yeah. A so, cone? <laughs> no, I, I just mouthful mode in general. Yeah. No, um, no, the game looks really good. Some somebody I respect said that it's better than Mario Odyssey. So wow. Um, I've heard good things too. Yeah. So just looking at that. Hopefully, I have more to report next week um, as maybe I wind down Elden Ring a little bit. But um, yeah, that's all I've been playing. Um, I got to say, Elden Ring has given me literally days worth of entertainment. Yes. Uh, I think it's more because not playing the game, not playing the game. Uh, I like to watch various streamers um, to see how much they completely uh, rage out over (laughs) playing that game. The anger yeah. that comes out of people in that game. Well, that's what <laughs> I've so, heard. It's so fun. Um, I I watch streamers too, because I to be honest, some people are like, I want to be surprised. I know spoilers. I don't want to. I'm like, this game barely has a story. You you have right. to like read all the descriptions, um, and like be really wanting to know the story to get the story. It doesn't give you the story. Um, like all of a sudden you walk into a room and there's a there's like a twenty foot wolf that you're fighting. No explanation of why you're fighting this 20-foot wolf in the middle of a library, but <laughs> it's there. Um, yeah, but if you read, like, the description for what he drops and, it, you know, to explain yeah. it. Um, I love the lore. Lore is amazing, but it's the one game where I'm just like, okay, I can watch a streamer play a little bit ahead of me. Um, right. Then I can get some tips um, with the sure. things. It's a difficult game. But, yeah, the the people that aren't, like, like especially with Elden Ring, James, um, because this has been more of a wide appeal than the previous Soulsborne games. Um, the people that aren't expecting what these games are. And they just rage at how, oh, where the hell that thing come from? That's yeah, Elden, Elden Ring and, and, and Dark Souls in general, um, I, I heard somebody say it, and, and, and I couldn't put it better myself. You literally buy a game to punish you to, mm-hmm. for playing it. Yeah, the, the first thing you have to get over, and this is my advice for anybody that's going to start any of these games out there listening to this podcast, um, don't get too attached to how many souls slash runes you have, <laughs> because there's a good chance that you're going to lose them. Mm. Oh, um, yeah. 
So just like there's been times where I died um, on a boss and then on my way back, I died again. And I'm just like, oh, well, there's 9,000 urns I just lost. All right. Well, time to go get them back. <laughs> you know, like, let me go grind a bit. Um, but that's just because I'm terrible at the game. Um, we made the joke. I'm at level, I think it was a 42 and I'm at like our like mid thirties. Like I've been getting better at leveling up quicker and not dying. And our friend Jonathan was like, you're at level, you're at only level 42 there. He's like, I'm nine hours in and I'm at 45. Oh my God. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, well, it's because you're better at the game than I am. You don't lose your souls and <laughs> get level up quicker. He is a, he is a big fan of souls games. So. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's been fun. It, the best part is just seeing people coming to it for the first time, especially mm-hmm. with Twitch being bigger than it was back when the original Dark Souls came out. Um, and yeah, yeah, I, I just I just adore the game so far. <laughs> um, and like I would recommend, Jen, even if you plan on getting it at some point, mm-hmm. um, still check out some streamers just so you can see the craziness. Yeah, yeah I, it, I have a streamer that I like to watch play. She's very good at it. She doesn't yeah. rage, so maybe I need to also find a raging streamer for the entertainment. Oh, you got to find a rager here. Yeah, <laughs> the, the good ones don't rage, especially the ones that played all the other games. Like they get, they know, right? They know the deal. Their their yeah. expectations are leveled. Yeah, they're like, all right, yeah, I'm gonna die a lot. It doesn't yeah, matter. Yeah. But it's just the um, a friend of mine has a quote about it. It's like if you're fighting a boss and you get it down to quarter health, you you basically beat it. Mm. You just you're just making either one mistake or you're not seeing one pattern. It's like if you get them to a quarter health, you, you basically you've won the fight. You just have to right. figure out what you're doing thing. wrong to not get that last quarter. Right. But if you walk in and something two hits you, you got to go back. Like mm-hmm. you got to go. Yeah, you're you're a little weak. Up a bit. <laughs> Interesting. But uh, yeah, it's it's a fun game. Um, I could talk about it forever. Um, just the weird stuff um, with the. Uh, last thing I'll say about it is the thing we talked about last week. Um, I don't know if you made it on podcast or not with the weird Dead by Daylight language um, that you have <laughs> yes. um, with stuff. It's like the things you bring up in Elden Ring, Ring, like, you know, oh, yeah, I ran into a turtle pope. And right. And like, wait, what? <laughs> oh, yeah. And, what? It, and there's other Elden Ring people go, oh, you found the turtle pope? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It they has would, its own lingo. I get it. Yeah. Yeah, and there's a there's a fun thing. Um, I will leave this one spoiler if anybody wants to do it or look it up for you, but I might tell you guys off the air, so keep you hang on. Um, yeah. If if you really want to know, remind me. If I might remember about what happens if you try and fight the turtle pope. Um, oh so um, yeah, so that that's the games we played. Um, <laughs> video games are starting to come back out again. You know, we're getting the good ones because we're out of the uh, you know. The, that week where they just dump everything before Q1 <laughs> ends, mm-hmm. um, you know, so um, hopefully we get some news at, um, I don't know if this is in your news or not, Jen, but, uh, you know, at the, you know, whatever is going to replace E3 in a couple months. So, right. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, I'll start out with that. E3 yeah. was canceled. And that's all I have on that. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you yeah. want to add to it. Yeah, I'll add to it. So essentially they've been trying, they haven't done in person, obviously, because of as as some people I watch videos on call it the global bastard that happened um over the last two years. Um so they've done like um, you know, digital events. And the thing about the EC- ESA is the ESA is a terribly run organization and not just because they leaked the names and addresses of journalists um, online. Um, Oops. 
Yes. Um, <laughs> but because of the fact that they they don't know what it takes to do it, like they're still trying to like they're like, hey, we're doing this all online digital event, but you got to pay us like ten thousand dollars to be on it or whatever the amount is, you know. And it's like, and Microsoft will look at them and go, we can just like load up Twitch over here mm-hmm. for free, and for free, yeah, <laughs> and make money at the same time. Why are we paying you? Because to do mm-hmm. the whole booth thing that E three was, you'd have to pay, right? To, to right. do all that, which getting a physical location and all that, obviously they would pay that that all happened. So. Yep. Basically, E3 is, for all intents and purposes, dead. Um, um, so, question mark, long live E3? Um, mm. It's been a uh, completely different beast um, over the years. Um, I think the first downfall was when they actually opened it up to the public. Um, because then a lot of the things that were there and occurred changed. Because they didn't want to have the public get their hands on you know, these games that weren't even ready, really. Mm, um, yeah, because some people, you know, not there's a percentage of the public that would be going to that that wouldn't understand what a game in like pre-alpha is. It's like, hey, this only this tiny section is all you get. Right. You go, you go anywhere outside of here, it's gonna break. <laughs> you know, exactly. like it's not there. Um, so but the the sad part is is as you know from listening to podcasts or our streams and stuff. Um, that I've done over the years. I really enjoy E3. Um, just the, the press conferences, I try to take days off mm-hmm. um, during that time um, to watch the press conferences and things like that. And I started streaming them and all. Um, but I'm hoping that Jeff Keighley um, with his Summer Games Fest and all that kind of picks up, um, you know, the mantle and yeah. uh, runs with it um, to keep June as a time when we get announcements. Um, right. it's a good middle point of the year. Um, I think personally, and I would love to hear what everybody else's personal loves and hates and, you know, what they're going to miss about, you know, the quote unquote show E3 um, is I don't know if they'll ever do it again, but I'm going to really miss the uh, uh, the giant bomb at night things where um, they used to just have the people that were at E3 just be on the couch together, like these developers that may or may not know each other. Mm, that's just cool. Like six of them just sit on the couch and they just they, they go in order, talk about their games, and then they sort of bullshit with each other. That's cool. Um, and yeah, that used to run for like four or five hours each night of E3 um, after the show was, you know, if the show shut down for the day. So losing that is big. And there was always, um, you know, it was the one time a year uh, which I found most important um, uh, Jeff Gersman, who, you know, has been around forever in games famously fired for not wanting to change a review score because a salesperson at GameSpot told him to, Mm. um, because an ad person was complaining. Um, but, uh, yeah, he used to do a one-on-one interview with Phil Spencer, um, every year. And like, there'd be like, he would ask him the questions that we were thinking, like, like before they announced like the game pass stuff, he's like, you know, we all think this is bullshit, right? <laughs> you know, like, great. you know, he would, because they, they've known each other for years. Jeff's been around since like 92. So mm-hmm. um, he's seen some of these guys that rise up, start low, you mm-hmm. know. So he has those relationships. So it's definitely going to miss that. But mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. E3 is a, a time of year. Do you stick your flag in and go, this is the midpoint of games. This is where we find out what's coming out the rest of the year. And yay. Um, yeah. So hopefully Jeff Keighley can replace that. But yeah, yeah that, 
we don't have to get into the nitty gritty of you know why they're doing it because I right. think companies were pulling out and doing their own thing. EA's not doing anything. Um, so yeah, that's the world we live in. Yeah, I think what you're saying also is a uh, <clears throat> a movement also to bring more online and i think it becomes from the 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 simple fact of the cost effectiveness i mean uh in e3 comic con all those and 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 everything comic con at least has more of a a a a a social aspect of it with one-on-one with other people um whereas e3 you have i mean my favorite thing is you know the trailers the new releases um i know the first time that i got to see the uh the the upcoming uh elder scrolls yeah, uh, and granted that trailer was like one of the shortest trailers in the world, <laughs> but it was still it was just epic. It was stunning. Um, yeah, and it, just being able to see these releases like that's incredible. However, it's it's a very expensive, very um, you know time consuming thing um, that I suspect that the profit margin on a lot of this is very very minimal. Yeah, yeah. once the once the internet. Uh, Exploited, exploited might be the right word, you know, when streaming became more capable and internet speeds got better to where live video would look better on TVs or computers. Um, I think that basically spelled the end for what E3 is because it was a, it was a media show, uh, an investor show, you know, that right. they would, that they would, you know, would not release the videos for and you would just have to read the articles or go to the websites and watch the, you know, 240p or whatever <laughs> you know right. grainy little videos that took like hours to download if you had to download it um once it became that these places could just push a button and do it themselves microsoft was one of the first and just went hey we're just gonna go across the street and do our own thing over yeah. here well and you're seeing the um uh, you're saying like we're covid we're covid hit um, and a lot of these, you know, in public appearances couldn't happen. Yeah. Uh, companies are, are, are waking up and seeing, Hey, you know, we saved a ton of money here. Yeah. Um, so why don't, let's just put out a really, really nice trailer online. Uh, you know, let's do a, a Twitch broadcast. I've seen some companies do that. Uh, let's just put out a YouTube show, uh, whatever. And it, they're literally, you know, it's a fraction of the cost. Yeah. Yeah, and the only reason shows like PAX and all still exist and like Comic-Con, as you mentioned, is because they always had, they understood to get the social, right. you know, aspect of it, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, E3 was still stuck in what it was in the 90s and early 2000s in terms of it couldn't figure out how to pivot to the, like, PAX model um, right. of doing it. And um you know, probably more so because the ESA as a whole was terribly run. Um, but yeah, I, I agree 100% with James. It's just being able to save money. Corporations will always find a way to do that. And mm-hmm. um, and the good ones will be able to put on just as good of a show as they would do for E3, you know, but w- without having to pay the ESA any money for it. Right. And, and what Jeff Keighley does is go, hey, you don't have to do a whole press conference with me. Just give me your trailers, you know. Just pay to have your trailers put in my show, and I'll just put your trailers in, and it'll be less than having to rent out a, you know, theater, mm-hmm. you know, and and you know hire presenters and do all this stuff. Just give just give me the just send me the MP4, you know, yep. and we'll we'll put it up. Um, and I think that's the way it's going to go. Um, I think the only one that'll be really stubborn about it um, 
is um, I feel like Tokyo Game Show will still try and do a lot of in-person stuff, um, even though that probably, you know, should, you know, I don't know. It it feels like that that, I don't know how open to the public that ever was. Um, but now yeah, you can correct me if I'm wrong in our, <laughs> in our, on our Twitter, but um, yeah, it's just, just in general, um, I just like this midpoint of the year. And if it starts out with, hey, Microsoft's going to have a big press conference every second week of June. Right. Not connected to anyone. I'd be like, sure. Let's do an hour and a half of Phil Spencer in front of a green screen. Absolutely <laughs> fine with that. Um, you know, Nintendo's been doing directs for years now. That yep. have nothing to do with it. So this was just inevitable. Um, yeah. Like I said, it's, it's all the peripheral stuff around E3 that I'm going to miss. Like I mentioned, the Giant Bomb stuff, the, you know, finding out what stupid um, booths were made by companies, like whatever the... Like Nintendo would spend all their money on their booth each year. Like, like when they br- released Breath of the Wild, it was like they made it look like Hyrule in there. Wow. You know, um, I don't know how. All the good creative, it yeah, the creativeness is it, it's just awesome. Yeah. Uh, and and you know that's kind of what a Comic Con and and there again I kind of go back to that. Um, Comic Con is about comic books. Let's be honest, it's about comic yeah. books. That's what it originally was. But I guarantee you, if you talk to most people, what's the one thing that you really, really enjoyed at Comic-Con? And most people's going to say, oh, the presentation or the celebrities. But more often than not, they're going to say the cosplay. Yeah. yeah. You know, and cosplay is about as social interactive as it can get. Yeah. And E3 had none of that. So, um, uh, like I said, goodbye, E3. Um, and let's see uh, what the future holds for Video games in this sense, maybe PAX steps up with something, you know, in June, now that there's an open space for it, mm-hmm. um, you know, PAX LA, something like that. Um, but we'll see. Um, yeah. yeah. So uh, what else is in the news, Jen? So as usual, when we have bigger updates on the Steam Deck come out, I like to mention them here, especially because I feel like a lot of people are on the fence about getting one like myself. Um, so Valve has actually recently addressed a few large issues that players have been experiencing while using the stream, the steam deck. Damn it. Anyway, (laughs) (laughs) I know I did it like two podcasts ago and now I just can't get it straight. Uh, so they've improved the typing experience by adding a dual trackpad keyboard. So basically you can type two letters at a time instead of just one. (laughs) Um, so that definitely makes it a lot faster to type, which is nice. Um, it's just so dumb that that was a yeah. That this, I, I understand why it has to be like that, like one letter at a time, uh-huh. um, for how it's set up. But just saying, oh, now you can type two letters at a time, <laughs> baby it's just, steps. It's just funny to me. Yeah, it sounds funny. Yeah. Um, they've also fixed the Wi-Fi so it will automatically connect or reconnect for you. Um, I think there was an issue where even if you had saved your password, it would still ask you to re-enter it, which was really annoying. So they fixed that. Um, the connection to the steam servers in general have also improved as well. Um, which was also an issue for a lot of people. Just, it was taking forever to get on the steam servers. And then if you lost connection, the reconnecting process was a pain. Um, they've added a full size virtual keyboard to the desktop mode for Linux. So users may not need to, uh, plug in a regular one if they chose not to. So there's that option now. Um, you can manually adjust your joystick dead zones and trackpad haptic strength. You can uncap your frame rate if you want to, which is cool. I didn't realize um, you had to choose to lock it in either like 30 or 60 or maybe 120. I don't know if it went up to 120, probably not. But now you can do unlimited frame rate. 
if you I want wonder, to. I want, yeah, I wonder if they're worried about power. Yeah, probably. Um, but now they let you do that. So if you want to drain your battery, you can go ahead and un, you know unlimited frame rate. Um, <laughs> there's also been a bunch of USB-C fixes. So apparently there were issues where you plugged in the Steam Deck and it didn't recognize that it was plugged in either by like um, a port or a port issue or that it wasn't recognizing it was charging. So they did do a bunch of bug fixes there. Um, and then lastly, they updated the LED screen to dim a few seconds after you plug it into a charger. Because um, a lot of people were complaining like, oh, I'm plugging it in at night in my room and it's lighting up my whole room because the screen <laughs> is so bright. And people are like covering it and, you know, doing whatever they had to do, like, shoving it in a drawer maybe. So um, they recognized this issue and they fixed it so you can sleep while it charges. Yeah. Um, and then they did announce that GeForce Now should soon be available for Linux on the Steam Deck with gamepad support. So uh, users will no longer have to emulate a mouse and a keyboard, which is very cool. So, nice. Yeah. Hey, yeah, for those of you out there thinking about it, the what I've seen from coverage and, and watching some stuff is that the best part about it is that um, you can basically do whatever you want with it in the sense that if you want emulate, if you just want to turn it into a retro box where mm -hmm. you can... You can download emulators and just play, you know, all the ROMs you can get, you know, the ones that you own that you right. can, that you, that you download yourself on your computer and put on your Steam Deck. Mm -hmm. Make sure you have the cartridges. <laughs> you do it. Um, but some of them are like a real like power hog. So yeah. um, be careful of that. Um, I've heard people play Elden Ring and it'd be fine, um, which is, it's just kind of insane. Um, but yeah, it's just, if, if you, I guess the best selling point for me, for someone that's not going to buy it and get it because, um, I don't do what I'm about to say enough. If you play your switch a lot undocked, just imagine doing that, but with better fidelity games right. on that. It's essentially what this is. Yeah. Um, you know, so, and they, yeah, it's, it's, it's a pretty remarkable device from everything I've seen. I'm sure there's, you know, you know, going to be problems and issues and bugs, and you're going to update us every week when they release um, mm -hmm. each podcast mm -hmm. when they release something new. But just, just the device they made is, it's, it's that thing where they took what Nintendo started. What with, Nintendo? With, yeah, with the Switch. Nintendo, yes. <laughs> in, in sort of making 720, they made 720p gaming on a handheld possible, mm -hmm. and yep. Valve went, what if we can go to 1080? Right. You know, they said just my everything yeah. um, on it. And it's just pretty good. If, if you're an early adopter type person and you have the money, I would recommend getting in on a pre like an order um, to get it. But okay. um, I if I'm ever going to get it, I'm probably going to personally wait until they start putting it in stores mm -hmm. um, to make it a little bit easier to get um, than having to wait or. And I hope they charge you up front for it because the last thing you need is to put down like four hundred and something dollars and then get charged when it's shipped and go, oh shit. Right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's what I'm waiting for, by the way. That's yeah. that's my situation because I did the the deposit yeah. and I'm still unsure. They actually just announced that they're shipping like double time, so yeah. things are going to start shipping early. So now I'm like really pressed to make a decision. I'm scared. Yeah, but, um, well, and that's that's the thing. I mean, you know. Um, I see this uh, pretty regularly right now, you know, computers, 
computers are are sitting somewhere between eight weeks to 21 weeks for custom built machines coming out right now. And, um, I know that's the same with TVs and, and cameras and everything. It'll be interesting to see if the expected release date slash arrival date, uh, are actually even remotely in that, you know, well, what will the delay be? Because more than likely there's going to be a delay. Right. Yeah. Hopefully, I mean, everyone that put a deposit down, they have reserved units for like, that's why they're breaking it into quarters. I think the shipping. So I guess yeah. quarterly, they could at least update what, what's going on. Yeah. But it's like, I'm on the fence speak for several reasons, mainly the whole anti-cheat thing, not being a thing that you can, you know, get past right now. But I'm stuck between like, okay, I have the deposit. It's $5. Like I could get it back if I want and just cancel it. Do I want to go for this like brand new console right out the gate, not knowing if it's going to be really good? Or should I wait until it comes out in stores? Like you said, Mark, but then what happens if like there's a run on them when they come out to the stores and it's hard to get them? So I don't know. I don't know what to do. I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't know about you, but uh, I've been looking for a PlayStation 5 now for you know, yeah. two years. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's hard. Yeah, I, I luckily got one because we we were hunting them, me and Tom, because we both went <laughs> to play uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake Integrate. Um, and we just watched a YouTube video of somebody who found a trick on Walmart thing. I don't know if they fixed it since then. <laughs> mm-hmm. But it was like a way of tricking it by being on your phone and the computer and then if you put it, it stays in your cart. So when they reopen it again, you can just hit like start checkout and you get one of them. And it was like really weird. I didn't think it would work. And then it worked. Yeah, um, nice. Pretty cool. When I got mine. But yeah, I couldn't even tell you the steps. Tom could probably send you the video. But um, yeah, it was pretty interesting back when they were like really like tough to get. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the um, yeah, the if you're an Xbox fan, that's a little bit easier. Um, yeah. I was able to get the the Series X I got, um, you know, by doing the uh, the payment plan thing. If you can qualify for it with Citizens Bank, um, you know that basically it was ready in a week at at my local Best Buy. Wow, um, for doing it. But um, yeah, yeah, the I, I feel your pain, James, with with the uh, with the PS Five. Yeah, we if we didn't get in such a crunch for it, I don't think we would have gotten it. Well. <laughs> And, you know, the thing, the real sad thing about the whole thing is, is this is a strategic marketing plan. Um, Because think about it. uh, PS5, dang near impossible to get. The PS4, though, when it came out, was the exact same thing. Uh, PS3, same thing. Um, And it's the same thing on the Xbox side. They make the newest systems harder to get. Now, part of me is kind of like, well, you'd think from a profit standpoint, we know we're going to sell this many systems. Let's just make the crap ton out of them and put them out there. We're going to be selling them. Um, but for whatever reason, they don't do that. And for them to go, Oh, well we thought we didn't realize that the sales were going to be this much in demand. I'm just not buying it because history, you know? Mm -hmm. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Nintendo has been with that, you know, um, it's something scarcity. There's a, there's an actual term for it. Um, uh, that they do that. They, as you just said, they do that on purpose. I will admit, I think for Sony, I think it started out like that. And then when they were like, okay, we got to ramp up a little bit. Uh, people was like, um, yeah. So that chip you put in there, um, 
they're getting a little bit harder to make. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So maybe you should have made these all when that chip wasn't as hard to get. <laughs> yeah. And now they're sort of in a rock and a hard place, you know. Yeah. For it, which is why I think micros, I think the Series Xs are becoming more available because you know they didn't use whatever thing Sony has in theirs that's different, and they're able to ramp up easier. But yeah, I think it started out as the, you know, manufactured scarcity. Maybe that's the term. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they just, this, you know, the pandemic happened and the chip shortage thing happened and Sony just got screwed by their own build on their their thing. Um, but yeah, it's yeah, with the with the Steam Deck, um, I've seen people who um, were Q2 people that have now been pushed back to Q3. To go back mm-hmm. to James's point, so I think there are delays occurring. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's one of those things. Like I've only been an early adopter a couple times, and it's been like fifty fifty. Yeah. In terms of it working out, um, right. and not feeling like I could have waited. Right. Um, you know, like. Uh, but yeah, yeah. It's it it's uh it all comes down to like I said, how much you play your Switch. If you play your Switch on docked a lot, you're gonna love this. System. Um, especially if you're PC gamer. Right. So. For sure. Yeah. Well, uh, as Mark said before, every time that there's some major updates, we'll let everyone know. And I'm interested to hear if you want to share with us on Twitter, um, if you guys are, you know, which side of the fence you're on, if you're stuck like me, it'll be interesting conversation to have. Yep. So let and us that's, know. that's uh, at Game Vault Pod. Yes. Yes. All right. So moving on, um, there's a thing that happens on Game Vault where if we talk about something, it winds up happening. Oh, so, no, that's just not Game Vault. That's every well, podcast. That, that just must be in. our group of friends yeah, yeah. <laughs> within our podcast. So you may remember us mentioning this a few episodes um, about how I wanted to see a new Monkey Island game. Remember that? <laughs> well, yep. we're getting one, which is wild. And I'm so excited. Yeah, this um, came out of nowhere. Yes, literally. Or did it? Because Ron Gilbert, who, if you don't know, he's the creator of the series, um, he posted what appeared to be an April Fool's joke announcing the new game. And it actually turned out that the fake April Fool, it was a fake April Fool's joke. So the joke was that it wasn't a joke. Um, So it's going to be called Return to Monkey Island. And it's going to be a direct follow up to The Secret of Monkey Island and also Monkey Island 2 LeChuck's Revenge. So Guybrush 3 Pruitt is, is coming back. He's actually voiced by the same voice actor. Um, it's going to be pretty awesome. And this game is going to be made by Terrible Toy Box. Um, and they're going to collaborate with Lucasfilm Games on that as well, which is good. Um, and something I thought was really interesting. I don't know if you guys have seen the trailer yet, but the art direction is going to be, um, by Rex Crowell, who was involved in the design of Tearaway and Little Big Planet. So I think okay. it's going to look really artsy in a really cool way. Yeah. Yeah. My out of nowhere thing is that there like there wasn't even rumors that this was coming. Right. You know, it just that the April Fools thing happened and then it was yeah, that's real. Yeah. You well, know. apparently apparently in 2013 Gilbert wrote a blog post called If I Made Another Monkey Island Game. So people are like scouring it now like, "Ooh, are there spoilers?" because that year he also said, "Hey, you know, if I do release another game, it would totally be on April 1st." Yeah. And it happens. So now people are like, has this been a plan all along? Like, did he just yeah. wake up one day and was like, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to do it. Yeah. The so developers it's cool. all the time. Right. Most, most famously recently was the uh, one of the creators at, at Young Horses. Um, just at one point in like 2015, just tweeted the word bug snacks. 
<laughs> yeah, crazy. And, you know, and then because they probably, that's probably when they came up with the idea for the yep. game. And, yep. um, you know, it could have been one of those where they accidentally tweeted it instead of putting it in like a search <laughs> box or something. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it, these are the types of surprises I love. Um, yeah. You know, when, when they're just dropped. Um, didn't really play much of Monkey Island, so I can't pretend like, oh, yeah, you know, I can't wait to get back in there. Um, <laughs> but I am excited to try this because the yeah. art style, as you mentioned, I'm glad you brought that up, is one that I really loved. Yep. Um, I, I do like the... You know, the way um, the animations and stuff um, on the characters in those games are, are pretty good. And it helps to keep it at a little bit lower of a level in terms of, you know, you can you can put a lot more into it. Um, and right. you might be able to get it onto more types of graphics cards. Um, sure. if, you, if you, you know, keep the fidelity from like trying to be ultra realistic, you know, Horizon Zero Dawn. Right. You know, type looks. Um, yeah. So I'm excited about it. Um, yeah. You know, and and so, and slightly uh, video game related um, to just show you that this goes to the rest of our podcast. Um, we recently did a, a podcast on a movie um, that started one Walton Groggins or Go- it's Goggins. Goggins. Mm-hmm. No Goggins. Yeah. Um, and immediately after we recorded our podcast, the next day it was announced that he's in the Fallout series. <laughs> and, yeah. And I'm like, oh. Okay, like we we haven't talked about this actor in years, right? And, uh, and the All minute we bring him up for a podcast, yes. he's, he's like, "Oh, he's in the Fallout series." Yep. Um, good for him, and he's a great actor. But yeah, you mentioning Monkey Island, mm-hmm. Monkey Island shows up. Weird, um, so weird. Yeah, it's like you know, it's one of those things where you sometimes think you're in a simulation, right? <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah, that I, I'm excited to see how it does. Um, yep. The thing I'm more excited for is if any more other LucasArts games come out. A lot of those yeah. quick mid-90s, you know, early 90s, you know, games that were competing with Sierra and stuff and see if right. they go back into any of those. That would be um, cool that would, if they made a comeback. That'd be yeah, awesome. That'd be yeah, because Lucasfilm could be like, hey, we can make money off these games. Everybody, right. Everybody's paying us to do Star Wars, so we don't <laughs> have to do much effort there. Let's see if we can make money somewhere else. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I've been yeah. hoping and praying and just holding out that one day that all the rumors that have been going on for years and years will come to fruition and there'll be a Metal Gear 6. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, now w- that you put it out there on this podcast, maybe it'll happen. So, so James. That would be nice. Yes. <laughs> do, you, do you like uh, Pachinko? Um, <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> That's always a joke with Konami because they're they make pachinko machines they do yeah people go you know um hey metal gear how much do you like pachinko (laughs) i I tell you though i mean um (laughs) it's it's a good series i was saddened when you know they're like yeah we're not doing anymore i'm like oh but rumors have been recirculating and but they do they do they recirculate every few years that uh oh there's a secret project where they're gonna make six and blah 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 and yeah, he, I'm like, yeah, yeah. That and Silent Hill, they have to wrestle away from Konami for it ever to be made again. Mm-hmm. And um, made well. <laughs> yeah, made well. Um, but the fun thing, I bring up the Pachinko joke, is because they released new updated cutscenes for Snake Eater, and yeah. just to have them on the Pachinko machine. Oh, jeez. Like, not for a game, just to have <laughs> on the, the Metal Gear Pachinko machine. 
That's hilarious. Um, and it's just, yeah, Konami used to yep. be so good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, can't that be said though about a lot of things? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, I just, every time I think of Konami, I and I sad about you know the games that they don't release. I just remember like how excited I used to be with the NES and as NES with the Konami opening to a game. Mm. Oh yeah, that, that Diddy um, that plays, and it's just like what, what? <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yep, but, sucks. But yeah, hopefully, I, I think I think this newfound thing of uh, you know gamers getting older. Um, or the first group of gamers getting older um, is that I think companies are starting to realize that they have disposable income so that mm-hmm. maybe we should pander to them a little bit mm-hmm. and not so much, you know, make, um, which is why I think backwards compatibility is becoming a big thing mm-hmm. um, and going back um, to older games. But yeah, yeah, um, I'm with you with Metal Gear, by the way. I've played through and beaten all of them um, some a couple times. Um, oh, yeah. So... Yeah, yeah, I would love, I would love for them to make a six, um, and you know, it's just, yeah, when you see a Monkey Island come out, it's just sort of like you, your mind starts going, well, anything's possible now, right? And and that's kind of what what made me think about it is, uh, <laughs> you know, you hear something that you really think is dead and uh, you know pretty well gone, and then you're like, well, what else is out there that we could actually see? Yeah. Um, you know, and, and not too long ago, not too long ago, a lot of people speculated that uh, Skyrim, there would never be another game like Skyrim mm-hmm. uh, because, you know, they wanted to sink all their time, all their money into Elder Scrolls Online. And then, you know, here we come, here's six getting ready to come out on that. So, yeah. you know, it'll be, it's kind of interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It's the same thing, cool. with, same thing with Grand Theft Auto. Oh, yeah. You know, when six Yeah, there'll never be another one after GTA 5. <laughs> it's literally been on three generations of consoles, so they're they're really testing that. Oh, it's definitely going to have a six come out, and then each new console that comes out. Oh, we're just porting five again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, GTA GTA is kind of one of those games that uh, I mean, other than having a different background, a different city, yeah. GTA Five is not much different than four, which is not much different than three. I mean. The the basic concept, the basic premise, yeah. is you know robbing stuff and stealing cars. It's pretty cut and dry. Yeah, it's just you know we just need some new characters. Let's just rescan it. Yeah, yeah, just yeah, put it in. Yeah, just go all the way. Let's just do Vegas. Yep. <laughs> now, with that being said, I love GTA and I own every single one of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, we understand the games we love exactly. Yes. Yeah, like I get it. I get it's like you know, um, it's basically the same game. But you know, uh, how many times can I yell at my screen to you know tell my cousin I don't want to go bowling? Um, you know, and just you had those memories of that stuff. But yeah, I, I was glad to hear you know Monkey Island coming back because yeah, there's a ton of people that even I know personally, you know, that those games were like the last ones they played. You know, and haven't really touched video games since. So, yeah, um, it'll be nice. Yeah, so it'll, it'll, it was good news to text them and let them know this. Yep, for sure. So yeah, well, uh, maybe maybe uh, that game when it comes out will make an appearance on Game Vault Pod on our oh, stream. Yeah, sure. You never know. Um, so moving on, I want to welcome you guys officially back to the Uncanny Valley because on April 5th, Epic Games fully released Unreal Engine 5, and it is now available for all game developers to download. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So they're basically promising with the Unreal Engine 5, developers now have a way to design their games faster, easier, and more efficiently. And my um, God, it's beautiful. It is so beautiful. There are a ton of improvements that they came out with for, for game devs, including enhanced performance and an upgraded UI. But what everyone is most excited for is what Death just Death Dreams just mentioned, which is the incredible upgrade for photorealism, which, you know, that's what actually forces you into the uncanny valley where you're like, this looks real, but I know it's not. But yeah. maybe it is, but I know it's not. <laughs> Wild. There's there's just something about when you see a um the trailer, the trailer mm -hmm. for um Unreal 5 there. It, it, there's just something about that trailer. You watch the trailer. And there's parts during that trailer that, yes, you know you're watching a video game. Right. But there is parts that you're literally sitting there looking at it going, am I watching a cinematic in a movie? Am right. I watching a movie yeah. on this? Yeah, your brain is like arguing with itself. Like, this is real. It, it can't be a video game. And yeah, it's and, incredible. Yeah, and the thing to always remember is, you know, UE5 is going to be amazing and great, but it is still just a tool. Um, it means that... Uh, people can use UE5 and still make terrible video games. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Like, <laughs> they might look great, but... And it, and it wouldn't be UE5's fault. <laughs> right, exactly. This is the tool. Exactly, Mark. Um, so some of the upgrades that they're bringing in for better realism um, is more realistic lighting effects, which was highlighted in the trailer, and a tool called Nanite, which is really interesting. It'll help developers create games or the experiences in the games with a ton of geometric detail. So. It's kind of hard to explain without seeing it, but basically this tool breaks down the literal 3D shape of something into these tiny little geometric shapes, kind of like when you look through a kaleidoscope, it sort of looks like that when you see it in the tool. Um, but these geometric shapes are so smart, they know to highlight the surfaces like nook and cranny and where the lighting hits and where there's a shadow. And then it renders it into this extremely realistic image or background or item or whatever. Um, if you want to see this for yourself, if, if that didn't do it for you, you can actually go to the, um, the Unreal website and you could check it out. They have this really cool example photo where you could do a slider and it, you slide it across and you see all these little like, crazy kaleidoscope images and then you slide it back and it's this like, it just looks like a real image that you're looking at but it's yeah. not. Um, so overall, they've announced that their updates and tools are going to make it easier to make large-scale games look incredible and also come out quicker, essentially. Um, and we know that CD Projekt Red is already committing to using this engine for the next Witcher game that we actually announced, I believe it was in our last episode. So um, I'm really excited for that. And um, they also mentioned that this might also be exciting for TV and film production. Um, interestingly enough, the Mandalorian has used, um, Unreal Engine for their virtual sets in the past. So I think they're kind of hoping that this new and improved engine is going to allow for more of a merge between TV and film to coming, you know, coming in with games as well. Um, and so if you missed the live stream, they also announced that Tomb Raider is coming out with a new game that will run on, um, UE5. Coalition, which is, uh, who are the creators of Gears of War or the developers of Gears of War, they also gave viewers a glimpse of a cinematic demo called The Cavern, which also ran on the new engine. Um, and everyone got really excited about this because they were hoping that it was a game in the making. And then Coalition had to be like, no, 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 no. This is just an example of what we could do with the engine. Like, this isn't a game. Yeah. But it looked wild. So, I mean, we have Fortnite that already switched. Um, I don't know these other games, but 
uh, Redfall, Sunua Saga, Black Myth, Wukong, um, and also Hellblade 2 has already made the switch. So I think the best thing to do, if you're interested yeah. in, in checking out samples of the capabilities, um, you know, you can obviously look up the trailer. If you're a developer, you can also download starter projects. They have um, a multiplayer first-person shooter game called Lyra or a city scene from The Matrix Awakens that you can download and you could check it out for yourself. And if you want to be really uh, if you want to be really experimental, you could download their free cloud-based app called MetaHuman Creator, which is exactly what it sounds like. You can literally build yourself right into the Uncanny Valley and make a, an extremely lifelike digital human. So have at it is what I have to say. And just to let you know, Redfall is that like uh, four-person team-based vampire shooter game. Uh, okay. Do you remember that? Yep. Um, but yeah, it, 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 this is the next step. You know, yeah. and everything, and it's all exciting. Very, very exciting. I'm, I'm more me. exciting for The Witcher now. The next game. Might have to do that later and go and make a little, little me. Right. <laughs> I am very much into character creators, and when I found out that this existed, like for everyone to use, I was like, hmm, okay, yeah. we're gonna have to try this. You, you could do a whole stream on creating a character. Let's be honest. For sure. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. So yeah, I'm just like uh, default. Uh, okay, we're good. Let's just go. Let's get into <laughs> the it. The default settings. That's great. So yeah, that that's like Mark said. This, the future is uh, is here. Yeah. So yeah. Lastly, um, I try to find weird stories for our news topic. Sometimes this one's pretty interesting. Um, if you haven't heard of a brand called Razer, they happen to be one of the largest video game accessory manufacturers in the world and also one of the most recognizable hardware brands. Really? Um, and they, uh, I don't know, I think it's Razer, something like <laughs> it might be like what you shave with. <laughs> oh, you mean this uh, keyboard, this mouse, this uh -huh. head, oh, everything, <laughs> everything yeah, yeah, yeah. around you? Yeah, them. So apparently they have saved a teenager's life. Uh, so an 18-year-old gamer from California, he goes by the name Enough underscore dance underscore 956. He recently took to Twitter, or I'm sorry, to Reddit and posted an image of a partially damaged Razer Kraken headset. I own that, by the way. And they claim it protected them from a stray bullet. So I the saw bullet, that. I yeah, actually saw that. The bullet apparently came in through their window, struck the headset, which was hard enough to ricochet the bullet onto their bed. And the teen said, quote, if it wasn't for the headphones made with such a good quality, I would have been a dead kid at the age of 18. So that's pretty crazy. And there are people who are skeptical. They're saying it's not true. They're saying, oh, Razer is doing this as a publicity stunt. But PC Gamer apparently reached out to them for further comments. And they are assuring them they had nothing to do with this, but that they were going to send this teenager a free replacement headset which was really cool. <laughs> um, and then I was doing more digging. Apparently, this isn't the first time that a claim like this has surfaced. In 2017, someone claimed that a copy of the Elder Scrolls anthology also stopped a bullet, <laughs> similarly. Um, and then more loosely related, um, there was a player that was in a multiplayer game on comms and they wound up having a seizure and were unresponsive and someone they were playing with was able to call emergency services for them and that saved their life ultimately. Oh, so really crazy stuff. Yeah. Kind of like goosebumps kind of stuff, but yeah. So that's very nice that we had a happy ending in that regard. 
But uh, yeah, that's that's the end of the news for today's episode. All right. Thank you, Jen, as always. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's pretty wild. I mean, yeah. <laughs> like, Crazy. man, they, send, send him a little extra, you know? <laughs> they, yeah, maybe they will. <laughs> give him a headset. Give him a little something extra. Give him a controller too or something. Yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. Set him up. Uh, so this week's topic, um, we um, tied very much into both our guests and um, the game that was Retroulette pulled last week. Um so we're going to do our favorite horror games. Um, yeah, so this is something that, you know, unfortunately, um, we can only do when Tom is not here. Um, <laughs> so that all members of the podcast can participate um, in this. Um, so, yeah, I the funny part is on the movie podcast I do, I have less experience with horror there um, than my two co-hosts there. Um but I played a lot more horror games than I watched horror movies. I don't know why. Um, I, it's not that horror movies scare me in general. It's just it's not the thing that I pick up. Um, like Jen, you would know. Dan and Ant will just if they see some random horror movie on the street. Oh yeah. Like, yeah, we're gonna watch this. And have no yep. idea what it is. Yep. Um, I don't do that. Um, I can watch horror movies and talk <laughs> horror movies for weeks on end. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. That's exactly. But. With video games, um, I have I have played a bit and have um, I don't know how many you guys have, um, but I have one that's not really um, a horror game, but I do have a funny story. It's a horror game, but a funny story behind um, it. But uh, uh, yeah, as we will do all every every time here, um, we'll start out with our guest and uh, James. Just uh, one of your favorite horror games. They don't have to be ranked or in order. Just whichever one you want to feel like talking about. First. Alrighty. Well, uh, when uh, Jen contacted me, she said, you know, come up with a, a list of your top five. I couldn't come up with five. Uh, the best I could do is coming up with, with, with six. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, I'll just go down. I'll just tell you my sixth yeah. one first, uh, is actually Splatterhouse. Yeah. Uh, the gore, it, 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 very simplistic. I mean, you, you, you smack something with a, with a, you know, a bat. It splatters. <laughs> it's pretty simple. Uh, but it was it, it was more than just a game. Splatterhouse, uh, and, and the first time I, I experienced it was on a Sega, um, yeah. actually. And it was the first time I'd really had ever seen a horror game on a console kind of system. Um, yeah. And what actually got me into it is it made people mad. Uh, uh, apparently, and, and I never saw it, but apparently there was uh, religious symbols in there and everything else, and you know certain parts of it's been banned in certain places, and and you know as a kid when you see that you're you're kind of like, uh, well, um, I definitely want to check it out now. Exactly, uh, yeah. <laughs> so forbidden fruit. Exactly, that's exactly it. Yeah. So, um, Jen, what's your first one? So you guys are going to be shocked at my first one, but it's phasmophobia. <laughs> what? That, whoa, I know. Okay. Coming out of left field, this is my hey, number one. Yes. James, we never said these need to be good video games. I <laughs> know. Hey, I love Faz. <laughs> yeah, Mark, you're the minority on, on that opinion. <laughs> yeah, it was just set up too well for me, James. Yeah, I know. Uh, well... Everyone knows if you've listened to this podcast or seen me play any kind of game, I always talk about Phasmo. It's my number one horror game as of right now. Um, 
this game encapsulates pretty much everything I love about horror games and regular games in general. It's immersive. It's challenging. There's a puzzle type element to it that I love. It's scary. And I really appreciate the fact that the devs keep updating and improving the game because it has this ever growing fan base. Um, it's really incredible to me to think I started playing this when it first came out and it's come so far. It's still in early access. There's still a ton of exciting improvements to come. Um, and if I meet any horror fans who especially like paranormal games or paranormal movies, this is always my go-to recommendation for them. It's easy to play with friends. It's arguably, in my opinion, more fun to play with friends. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's, it's great. I mean, if you're someone that doesn't like paranormal type horror, this is definitely not your kind of game because like I said, it is extremely immersive where you hear you know, the creaking of the house and the ghost makes noises and it appears at you and it throws things at you. And it's, it's crazy. It's, it's definitely scary. You get used to it pretty quickly. Um, but it's just, it's such a good game. I know. Don't let Mark fool you guys listening. <laughs> it's a good game. It's a great <laughs> so game. So I had to mention it first. It is a great game. Yes. It's a great, the funny thing is about that, uh, as, as much as I love that game, as much as I've played it with you, uh, and, and, and invested so much time in it, mm-hmm. uh, it didn't, it didn't even make my list. That's okay. I was kind I of mean, hoping that wild. we wouldn't both talk about it, but I was expecting it. So that's kind of a good thing. We'll we'll cover as many horror games as we can, it sounds like. So that's perfect. Yeah, so I went in a slightly different direction um, in terms of, you know, you're going, uh, you know, uh, it's, it's from a horror series. Um, but I played a lot of Friday the 13th on the NES. Nice. Uh, ah yes, um, the old blue Jason. Yes, <laughs> yes. That game, um, while it is an LGN game, so not a good game, um, <laughs> as most of those are. Uh, but just the it was more time and place because when I played it, it was when I was like seven, eight, and I'm like, ooh, this is the horror movie my you know older sister watches and stuff like that. Uh, I'm gonna play, you know. Play mm-hmm. the video game version. It's going to be like scary. Um, it's not really that scary, um, especially going back to it. Um, but just the stuff they were doing with the NES back then is is pretty incredible. Um, you know, just with the fact that Jason could pop up at any moment um, in that game. Um, but it was probably programmed where if you play it enough, you know exactly when and where he'll pop up. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you're sick, when you're seven, eight years old or whatever, um, playing it for the first time, it just seems like completely procedurally generated um there um i do recommend um if you like horror movies and and games just give it a just give it a a a look i mean it's not i'm not saying you're gonna uh, put it into your top 10 games of all time but it was a very interesting licensed product um uh probably one of those that can be beaten a lot quicker than i've ever done it um especially um, it won't make this podcast, but um, especially a similar LGN game, uh, Jaws, um, which I saw Jaws. someone, which I saw someone speed run um, at AGDQ and did it in three and a half minutes. What? Um, yes, for anybody that's played that game, going, how could you? I fought so many things for so long. Well, it's just amazing. But the submarine um, was awesome in Jaws. I don't care what anybody says. That little submarine yeah. was just awesome. Yeah, that <laughs> game. I love that game. Um, but the fact that the fact that game probably costs like equivalent of like 60, 70 bucks today and you could beat it in three minutes. Yeah. You knew what you were doing. It's, it's, it's just NES is amazing. But yeah. So 
just for the things they were doing at the time and tying it as closely as they could to Friday the 13th. Um, I think it's worth a check out if you're a fan of the series. Um, but yeah, I will definitely be getting into more games that are scary horror focused, but I did want to give a shout out to that. Yeah, sounds so, good. James, number two or number five, I guess technically on your list. Yeah, I guess it's five. For, I'm kind of going, kind of going in order. Um, <laughs> this won't surprise anyone. Uh, Silent Hill. Yeah. Um, the fact, and a lot of people don't realize this, uh, Silent Hill was actually inspired by a real place. Mm-hmm. Are you guys, yep. are you guys aware of that? I am. It's, I actually uh, considered going there until I heard that the residents are so unhappy about tourists that they literally like carry shotguns around and stuff. Yeah. Like, yeah, oh, maybe yeah. not. <laughs> uh, for anybody that that's interested, it's Centralia, Pennsylvania. Um, the, the town literally has a fire that's been burning under it for, uh, whatever, yeah. 40 years, I believe it's now. It's like a coal fire, right? Or something from the yeah. mines. The, the town had a bad problem with garbage, basically. Mm. Um, and they decided to kind of make this a, uh, a, a festival for lack of better words. And they took a bunch of garbage and pushed it into this old mine that they thought had nothing in it. Um, well, sounds, apparently sounds there was great. connections to other mines in there. Um, oh. So when they burnt the garbage, um, it went into other mines. Well, they didn't know that this happened uh, until a young boy actually went out in, in his backyard and dang near fell into a mine shaft oh, uh, where it was burning up through the ground. Uh, the federal government's actually gone in there and, and bought up almost all the land and, and relocated people. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a handful of people that uh, would not uh, leave. Right. Um, but Silent Hill, it, it was more than just like the classic start of a whole new series. Uh, unique characters, uh, you know, it, it, it's inspired so many other games as well today. Uh, it, it's part of the in- inspiration behind Visage, uh, mm-hmm. which yep. if you, I know Jen knows, Visage is a very mm-hmm. creepy game. Uh, Cry of Darkness um, and aspects of Resident Evil 7 um, were actually taken out of that. And you see the influence uh, of this game throughout many of the current games. And the story was great. The only thing that I can say possibly, and, and I kind of throw this up there because I, I kind of get stuck, uh, was two better than one because it's one of those rare cases that the sequel was equally as good as the first one, if not actually better. And, uh, yeah. well-developed storylines, lots of fun, lots of creepy characters. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, you know, and of course, you know, by today's standards, graphics, of course, are, are dated and everything else. Uh, yeah. And it's one of those things, uh, if they were to do, if they were to come out with Silent Hill again, even if it's not a new one, if they were to do something like they've done with Resident Evil 2 or, or 3 mm-hmm. and just do a re-release and, and oh, upgrade the graphics of it, it would be amazing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, two things. The best part about Silent Hill 1 um, is that um, them needing to do the fog for the, you know, the the depth of field vision for ps1 um so that you didn't see it pop in is what made that game entirely very much creepier than it needed to be um <laughs> in the town um and two i think we can all agree that every game after two is just hot dog shit well um, yep <laughs> there's know, a I'm, I'm trying to refrain decline. from cussing but yes you are you <laughs> I, I think i think you've pretty well pretty pretty well summed that up yeah yeah yeah, yeah the uh the fun, th- I don't know, obviously I'm assuming you're like me, James, and have seen the Silent Hill movie. Yes, um, both of them. Uh, yeah, I have not seen the second one yet, but my favorite oh. part, I don't know, and this is for <laughs> other people out there, 
Um, I don't know if I, there's somebody out there that made a cut of where they remove Sean Bean from that movie and mm-hmm. nothing changes. No, nothing changes. <laughs> you, you, they literally exercise them and nothing about the story is like confusing or lost. Yep. It is the most insane thing I've ever seen because he's like a half hour of the movie. He's yeah. in there and they just chop it off <laughs> and no, it, it's still a competent, good movie. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. You know, it's just, it's just, it's one of the funniest things where a studio was like, no, we, we have to have like, a, you know, a little bit of sexist thing. We have to have a male lead in here. What do you, what do you mean it's a female lead? You know, get Sean Bean. <laughs> just, just do yourself a favor. Don't watch the second one. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I will. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, um, and yeah. So, yeah, I will say that was one of the ones on my list, um, too. Uh, Silent Hill. I'll speak quickly about it. Um, uh, Silent Hill is one of those games that, um, which is why I know three is dog shit. Um, that I, my sister, um, when I was in high school, would uh, sit and watch me play because she was too scared to play, mm. <laughs> but still wanted to enjoy the games. Um, so we went through all the Resident Evils up through when I was eighteen. Said so I was in two thousand three, um, and the Silent Hills up to that point. So, um, yeah, so Silent Hill holds that special place in my heart for that. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's again, Konami. Um, you know, it's a game that they were pretty close to, or you think pretty close to, um, having a, um, you know, coming out with a new updated version of those games. Um, but then whatever happened with them and uh, Kojima mm-hmm. um, do. But, uh, yeah, I still have that on my PS4. Um, have not taken PT away, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, and yeah, we'll see if that may come up. Yeah, yeah. So Jen, I will, I will also say really quick, Silent Hill made my honorable mentions list as my number oh. one honorable mention because I had to stop myself after six. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm in, I'm in the same boat, boat as you, James. I have six. Um, oh, good. Yeah, <laughs> I don't feel bad. <laughs> so my number two, I'm just going to get the big ones out of the way now. So you guys don't have to hear me talk about it anymore. Well, I, I'm going to talk about it forever. So whatever. But uh, I like to take breaks from this game now and again. But there's something that keeps drawing me back. And that Let is me guess, the, Dead by Daylight. Yep. Ever fabulous <laughs> DVD. <laughs> uh, there are very few games that I've played in my life that I can commit to playing endlessly. And this is definitely one of them. Like, I think Call of Duty, Halo, Dead by Daylight, Skyrim, like, there's even Phasmo, like, not that it gets, not that it gets boring at all, but the fact that DBD, it's a new game every time that you load into one, I think it sets it apart in Phasmo, from Phasmo in that regard. Um, One of my favorite aspects of the game, it's an asymmetrical horror, so you could play as a killer against four survivors, or you could play as one of the four survivors on a team. Um, that are trying to escape from the killer. Um, And there are so many options for you that you have the freedom to pick how you want to play, essentially. There's strategy involved. Um, It's a ton of fun to play with friends, and I can only hope that they keep finding ways to improve the game. Uh, It definitely has its moments where it's extremely frustrating and toxic as hell. But if you like slashers and multiplayer survival games, this is a million percent a game that I would recommend you try if you haven't already. There is a bit of a learning curve to it. There's, um, It doesn't seem as complicated at first, at first glance, but there is a lot to it. 
Um, there's a lot of things that you have to kind of take in when you're learning how to play, but it's totally worth the effort in learning, um, in my opinion anyway. I know, I know, James, you play. Uh, Mark, you've played. So, I mean, you guys... You guys know what I'm talking about a little bit, I think. I just know you're scared of the haggis. <laughs> fake. That's fake. It's not true. <laughs> yeah, so I might as well just leave that into being my next one. Um, sure. Yeah, so yeah, Dead by Daylight um, was a game that I watched Jen play when we first started streaming um, and didn't really uh, download or play or anything and then decided to pick it up one day and um, I think... I said this before on, on streams and podcasts, but I think the main reason why I got into it and liked it, I didn't get it to fall as hard as Jen did um, into it. Uh, but it there, which is what I guess doesn't, I, cause it, cause phasmophobia does have this as well, but not to the same extent. Mm-hmm. Um, like there's like quest or like goals in, yeah. in dead by daylight where it's like, all right, you gotta do the generators. I'm like, okay, I'm focused. Generators. Got it. I can go do that. You know, and I know how to do that. I'm not like running around with flashlight going, oh, yeah. <laughs> standing in the corner when the ghost is hunting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you know, I, I yeah. can, I can focus on something. Right. Um, and then if someone gets hooked, okay, I can focus on how to get them like that kind of, obje- you know, uh, um, you know, that type of gaming um, where there's a goal and objective you know, something is what really made me fall in love with it. And also, I love to be tied to a bit, um, if you haven't noticed. <laughs> and just having uh, Meg Thomas with that haircut and just being Karen. Um, is, Karen and cool hair, Kate? Yeah, yeah. Um, I prestige Meg Thomas <laughs> the three and probably played the least amount of hours of anyone that has prestiged the character three times in that <laughs> game. Um, because people that actually play that game use other characters. Yeah. Um, I have not used a single other survivor um, outside of my Karen haircut, Meg. Um, no, I love it. It's kind of fun. Funny. You say that I, you know, I, I like, I, I like that game and uh, I, I, do, I try to play a variety of characters and I personally like to play um, characters that typically you don't see, you don't see other people playing them. Um, because it's just kind of fun. If, if yeah. you can, you know, I, I'm I'm not going to sit here. I think everybody tries to to improve their game and play better and and you know be better than what they are. You know, when they start something. It, so you know, I have no delusions of saying I'm the best person to ever play. You know, this <laughs> game or this character. Well, that would be However, me. Oh. Yeah. Anyway, um, <clears throat> somebody somebody's having delusions of grandeur, uh, but. Uh, <laughs> But that, uh, but I like playing those characters that other people are like, "Wow, this person's playing this character." Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, I was trying to play one yesterday, and it, I, I discovered he sucked. That's why nobody plays him. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but That's fun. I, I get it. But I, I find myself constantly when it comes to the survivors going back to Meg. Mm-hmm. I really do. Yeah, she's yeah. a good one. Yeah, I just got committed to the bit that I would only be Meg, and <laughs> I, I get very committed um, <laughs> to it. Um, but yeah, I, I enjoy the game and, uh, there are a lot of times when me and Jen are simpatico and I'll message and go, you want to do DVD this week? Yep. And she's like, I was just thinking the same thing. <laughs> Hell yeah. yeah but, but here's the thing. Jen always thinks DVD. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was like when, when it came down to, you know, for the first person shooter thing on Wednesday, I was like, you just went through DVD. Yeah. <laughs> like, yep. I neither of us are like spectacular at Halo, so 
Um, <laughs> let's do something we're good at. Um, yep. So no offense. I don't know if you, you know, about Halo with you, Jen. But I am a person. Yep. I'm personally uh, more of a Destiny fan myself. Ah, uh, yep. Tom is also a Destiny Just, fan. Yeah, yeah. I am not good at first-person shooter. I got, I got respectable at Call of Duty this year. Unfortunately, it was the bad Call of Duty. Um, <laughs> no one played. So um, maybe next year, Modern Warfare 2, I'll be able to show the skills that Jonathan taught me um, on how to be better at Call of Duty. Um, but yeah, yeah, I love DVD. Um, I made sure to mention it, even though I knew it was going to be one of Jen's. Mm-hmm. Um, I appreciate anyway, it. But uh, yeah, so um, moving on. Um, I'm probably going to be a little bit shorter than you guys in terms of games, um, um, especially if we're going to do whole series as one, just to let you know. Mm-hmm. But um, James, what do you got? Uh, my next one um, is actually one that really wasn't that popular when it first came out, uh, Until Dawn. Uh, okay. If you're familiar yeah. with this game, um, it, it, when it first came out, it was kind of like, Okay, what's this game? Nobody, nobody really cares. Uh, and then people, I think, started picking it up used and pre-played and, and actually really discovered uh, it's incredible. Um, yeah. It was a little, when I first got it, uh, I got it free uh, off PlayStation Plus at the time. And the story, the story of Until Dawn is incredible. It actually uh, took parts out of a TV series, um, and I can't for the life of me, recall what the TV series was called. Um, but as far as its main, um, you know, main baddie, I guess, for lack of better words, but you don't actually even meet the main baddie until halfway through the game. But the really cool thing about the game, um, no, no, you do. Her name's Emily. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. It had a great story first, had a wonderful story. Um, uh, you, you get lost in it. Every decision you make in the game affects the outcome of the game. You literally could make everyone survive. You could kill everyone or anywhere in between. I mean, and, and it can vary. I mean, you could have one survivor. You could have this survivor and this person over here or, or whatever because the story, the story of the multiple survivors and how they build off each other was just so incredible. My only complaint about the game whatsoever is I felt that it wasn't long enough. It was such yeah. a good game. Um, it, 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 the environment was awesome. It, it created a creepy, a cold and, and a dark environment. Um, the characters each had a, had a, had a, uh, a well-developed personality. Uh, they actually had a, um, a, what was the actor's name? They actually had a, uh, an actor that was in there. Um, and I can't remember what his name was. He played, uh, Ward from agents of shield. Um, but I can't recall what the actor's name was, but his character, uh, Grant Ward was actually, was the character from age in the shield. Yeah. Um, but he was a, a, a awesome guy, uh, character in it. And they did a couple spinoffs on it, which was the, um, the dark pictures anthology, yeah. uh, actually is made from the same group, but, and, and they were good. They're good games, but I just didn't feel like they were able to recapture what until dawn did and you know i that's one of those games that i was like the first time i played through it uh i think i had only one survivor um so i had to play through it again and just to get all the different endings and to get all the different characters and everything else it was one of those games that i felt that i had to get the platinum medal on on playstation 
you know, I was like, I got to get it, you know, because this game is awesome. And that's the reason why it's on my list. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, um, to be honest, I, I played through that game a lot. I didn't even have to put it on this list. It, it's weird. Um, I do really, really like that game, and it should should have been on the list that I had written down. Um, the fun part, you've seen Until Dawn, right, Jen? Um, very little of it. This is actually a game that you periodically tell me I should play. Oh, yeah. God, you need I, to I, play it. I want us to play together, <laughs> Yeah, what I keep saying. Um, the, it, it, I think the thing that separates it from the Dark Pictures, um, which they tried to do with the third game, I didn't play much of the first two, so maybe there was somebody in there, but they got... The actors they got um, were actually, you know, pretty decent and able to do the motion capture and the voices because they were actual actors. You know, Hayden Pentier's in it, um, Rami Malek, um, before he was huge and an Oscar-nominated actor. Um, you know, and you had um, a couple... Um, Brett Dalton, people. That's that was the guy's name. Yeah. yeah. Like Grant. Yeah, he played the, uh, the boyfriend guy that... Yeah. 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 Um, and then you had a couple actresses that like, you know, showed up elsewhere that you've seen on like shows. And I think the whole cast was mostly like people that have been on TV, um, at some point, um, you know, doing stuff, um, not big names, but I don't know if the other ones were able to get that type of like star power, quote unquote, um, for it. So I think that's where it lacks a little bit, um, is that line delivery is a lot worse. Um, they got actually Tisdale for the third one. Interesting. Um, uh, yeah, the and and I also think the fidelity wasn't as good in terms of the uh, the facial animations. I don't know if you agree. Um, no, I agree with you. Yeah, between them, I think that's where the real drop off is. Um, but the fun part, and you probably agree with me on this too. I don't know if you've done this, but after you know the twist of that game, watching people play through it, and when they make certain decisions, you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. I can't wait oh, to yeah. see. I can't wait to see. You know when they when this reveal happens. It's one of those well, games. Yeah, and that was the thing because like you go through that game the first time, you you realize that you're making a decision and you realize it's going to affect the outcome. Yeah, but when you're making these decisions, your thought process of making the decision of the game uh, and how you think of it versus how the person the, 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 that that decision is going to affect sees it. Yeah. And then when, when it comes out that, oh, oh, they took that this way, I thought it was going to be this. Yeah. And it kind of makes you think how you have conversations in real life and how some of the things you say to people affect other people. And at the time, you don't realize how it's going to affect somebody until after the fact. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, well, yeah, we're, we're trying to dance around as many spoilers as possible for you, Jen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I appreciate it. It's really it. good. Um, but yeah, I agree with everything. This game is amazing. And if you haven't played it yet out there, I would recommend playing it. If you want to, it's a great game. If you gather people together for like Halloween parties or stuff like that to play with a bunch of people on the couch. Um, you can even pass the controller every time it switches characters. Oh, um, interesting. Something, something cool like that. Um, they did an online version of that for the Dark Pictures games and some of them, um, which is good and bad. I've seen mixed results with it, but um, yeah, it, it, it's a really good game. I'm glad that somebody <laughs> remembered to mention it. Yeah, it's a definitely edge of your seat kind of game. I mean, yeah. uh, the first time I went through it, I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know what was going to happen. And you're on high alert mm. the whole time. Yep. And uh, last thing before we switch go over to Jen, James, you got monked. I got monked. 
What's that mean? Oh, it from it's in the game. Oh, sorry. I don't even remember that. It's been a while <laughs> since I've played it. <laughs> it's one of the dumb things one of the characters says. The guy with the glasses. Oh, I think I couldn't stand him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite character. Yeah, I, I liked him so much in the beginning, but then you find out really kind of who he is, and you're like, yeah. he, he he's a jerk. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. That that's how this game goes, Jen. You would love it. Um. So. So, um, Jen, what's your mm-hmm. name? My next one is Resident Evil 2 Remake, actually, Ooh. which I just watched James play before. And our very own Tom has also played on stream. Yeah. Um, and it was also someone's game of the year on mm-hmm. this podcast. Not yep. mentioning any names, but she's very smart. Because this is a great and faithful recreation of the original game while holding its own. And they also changed some some things up to make it interesting for seasoned players. And I feel like oh, yeah. in a game like this, that's a great combination of things. Um, this is the kind of game where if you like zombies, obviously you gotta try this. This game combines these really fun puzzles with intense chases, close quarter struggles against zombies who were surprisingly to me much more resilient than you'd expect them to be. Because up until this game, for the most part, you know, even in movies, the zombies go down in one shot. Like, you know, not that hard. If you're not good at headshots in this game, you are going to be very surprised that the zombies keep picking themselves back up. Um, <laughs> which is funny because before I got this game and played it, Dan had he likes to he likes to avoid spoilers most of the time, but sometimes with games, he'll like to watch gameplay before he decides whether he know you know wants to buy it or not. And he saw how difficult it was to kill the zombies. And how a lot of times they'll chase you or they'll stalk you. And he was like, you're not going to play this game. I'm like, why? It's it's too scary. You're not going to be able to handle it. I'm like, well, if that's not a challenge, I don't know what is. Because (laughs) I say when something is, you know, too scary for me to play. And he's like, no, but like the zombies, they don't go down right away. Like sometimes headshots aren't even enough. And I'm like, okay, bring it on. And he's like, no, there's no way. So we got the game and I played through it first and, you know. He watched and I did the whole thing myself and then he took up and played Leon's part. But uh, it was a lot of fun. It's it's like I said, very faithful to the original game. So, you know, if there's someone out there who loved the original Resident Evil 2, this is still it's not just all brand new and shiny. And, you know, they didn't ruin anything, in my opinion. I think it's a very, very faithful recreation of the original game. And it gave me a lot of hope that they were going to continue and maybe make RE4. I would Um, love to see that. I, I will say that uh, a lot of times, and, and we see this not just in video games, but in movies, a, a lot of times when they make a remake, they mm-hmm. completely either A, lose the point, or butcher it, and, it, mm-hmm. and it's got awful horrible. I mean, how many times have we heard it? something's, oh, they're remaking that, and you're like, oh. Yeah. And <laughs> RE2, yeah, I, I agree with everything you said. It was an inc- it, It's an incredible game. Uh, the remake... The changes they made were not major changes, really. I mean, they added some extra stuff here. They altered the map a little bit here and there. The core stuff is all there. And the changes that they made, instead of like a lot of times when they do these recreations, it didn't ruin the game. It made the game better. And yeah. I agree. It's a solid game. Um, I was pl- I was streaming it earlier today. Um, I really love it. There was actually places in it that I'm like, Ah shit! This didn't happen before, and uh, 
you know, and, and, and a lot of things just kind of how they unfold and you just, it'll catch you off guard. Uh, and I think it's a, I think it's a masterpiece. I really do. Yeah, totally agree. Yeah. So, um, I'll stay in the same series. Um, uh, I will take the original remake, um, RE remake, um, for the GameCube. Um, when that first came out and it was the first game that I've seen, or maybe one of the first of its kind where they just completely revamped and upgraded and changed a lot about a game. Um, because I played through the original Resident Evil um, on PlayStation. And that game, if you're good at it and sort of know where you're going, is kind of short. Um, and the remake it expanded on it, made it longer. Um, and everything it did um, added to it. Um, you know, you can have a debate on whether the the boob jiggle physics added to it or detracted from it. Um, but I think that was mainly just the, the PS4 maybe remake version. But um, I think my favorite part of this game, outside of a lot of the stuff it added, gave some context um, to the game a lot better. Um, just keeping the fixed camera angles, I think, was a plus in that sense. Um, you know, I think it works in that game more than it would have in a Resident Evil 2 remake. Um, uh, just because the mansion is so, um, you know, iconic, um, and some of those shots are iconic, um, in that, in that place, um, that completely turning it to where you have camera control, um, would have ruined some of the magic, um, there. Um, but I think the best thing they did, um, which was a surprise to everyone and the game's been out a long, technically a spoiler, it's been almost 20 years. Um, maybe even over 20 years. It, it, it's been longer than that. They had their yeah. 25th anniversary. Yeah. 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 So, well, the, yeah, the first one Yeah, would have been 20, the remake would have been, yeah, would have been 2001 whenever the GameCube came out, 2002 ish. Um, but yeah, the, the um, zombies in that game, Jen, mm-hmm. I don't know if you played remake. Um, if you kill them, they don't disappear um, unless if you burn them. Uh, mm-hmm. And if you don't burn them, they come back as faster zombies. Perfect. Crimson heads. Crimson heads. Yes. Um, and when you're playing it for the first time and you've played through everything up through Code Veronica at that point um, of Resident Evil and the zombies never did that. It's a surprise the first time it happens. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, you know, uh, it, you know, it scares you a bit. Um, and then you learn what to do. And then, you know. You have to remember, okay, I got to get oil, bring the lighter, and you know, and then you start getting paranoid about it. Um, and you see zombies on the ground, you're like, is he going to get up? <laughs> Am I good? Um, you know, because they happen at different intervals. And Crimson Heads were the best addition to that game. And um, I, that experience of playing through Remake, um, as the first game I got for GameCube, I bought a GameCube, bought Remake with it um was was an experience i'll never forget it was the second console i saved up money for then paid for on my own first one being the dreamcast and i bought sonic adventure so you can see that this one was more of a win um as much as i've came to appreciate sonic adventure as i've gotten older um but back in 1999 you know um not so much but yeah i uh (laughs) i highly recommend um i'll say just play the newer updated remake um there's no reason really to go back um, to play the original. I know that's like sacrilege to Tom. Um, 
to say that, but the one they put out recently is just as good. Um, Zero is good. I'd recommend playing that. It's in the same, you know, type engine. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I think, yeah, if you go remake and then go remake two and then, you know, uh, remake for three, um, which is the inferior of the three games, um, uh, I think you will have just as good of a time. Um, and it, the same I'm about to make is something I yelled at about a lot on this podcast. I don't think you necessarily need to play the original <laughs> to get the experience. Um, I don't like some of that gatekeepy stuff um, with it. I think the remakes are perfectly fine to play. Um, if you can't get a hold of or don't want to emulate or, you know, um, you're not you're not missing out um, on some great thing um, doing it. And I think that is the great part about what um, Capcom has done um, with those games. So that is my choice. Yeah. James, next. Uh, to follow up, actually, I'm going to get out of my order here because I have three, two, one left, but okay. um, I'm just going to jump right to one because you just talked about it. Um, the very first Resident Evil. Uh, it's my number one game, period. Um, and it's a classic. Yeah. I mean, it's it's the first game, and, and regardless whether we're talking remake or the original, it's, it's the first horror game that I really jumped into myself, both feet. Um, the the location the location was set up perfect um the mansion was awesome the 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 cabin everything um they did such a wonderful job with the creatures the zombies the hunters and the liquors the the unique uh, the uniqueness of the uh the hunters and the liquors particularly i mean you know we've all heard stories about you know zombies and you know land of the dead you know Dawn of the Dead, all those. They've been around forever and a day. So zombies were kind of like, meh. Mm. But then you had the dogs. And, and, and you know, still, one of the, 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 the audio, the, the, the music even, particularly now, and this is particularly more of a reflection on the original, yeah. is the suspenseful music. Um, I don't recall ever music being used so perfectly in a horror game than in 1996 when RE came out. Um, because just hearing the music, when you first go in the mansion, when you first open that door and that, you know, ominous feeling. And then when you first get to the, to the cabin and, and just the sounds of the music, it instantly creates that, uh, sense of, uh, of, of dread of, Oh God, what's coming next. Um, you know, the, the dogs jumping through the windows, uh, you know, right there to, and, and I'm not, this isn't a spoiler. This is right at the very beginning of it. Uh, the, the fear and the terror, uh, and you know, the, the mini bosses, which were actually put in the game in a way that were not, um, you know, and, and I'm not, trust me, I'm not slamming dark souls. I absolutely love it, but dark souls, Elden ring and, and those kind of games, you know, you know, when you're facing a boss, um, but the way the resident evil did, it was so different than, than other things in the past. It's not like you went into this whole separate level necessarily to encounter this epic creature. Yeah. I mean, you could physically tell that they were a, a a boss mob, but you didn't know that you were going into the room that it was there until after you were already in it, you were already engaged in it. Um, the dialogue other the dialogue was was one thing it was kind of hit and miss some of the dialogue was really 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 good uh we're on other parts of it it was completely stupid and campy uh here 
Jill, you, the master of lockpicking, take this. <laughs> you know, stuff like that. It was just kind of like, okay, really? Um, and it set a franchise uh, yeah. that's still going strong now. Uh, it, it created, uh, whether you love them or hate them, it created a, 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 what, six, seven, six or seven movie series that are live action. And then it created how many animated movies? Yeah. Um, it's inspired so many other games that's come after it. That's, that's gone. Damn. They were onto something. They did something really good. Let's, uh, let's see what we can do taking that technology and developing it. Um, resident evil, the first one I felt brought basically a dying genre back. Um, because before that, there again, like I mentioned earlier, Splatterhouse came out beforehand, and and like you mentioned, the the Friday the Thirteenth game, but Resident Evil One was the first game to really step out and really just grab people and say, "Hey, this is what horror should look like in a game." Yeah, and it and seemed they, to shake the core of people. Yeah, and just as I said about uh, Silent Hill, using the limitations of the PS One to its advantage um is is what made it amazing um, oh yeah you know i mentioned that they kept the fixed camera angles when they updated it well that was because they needed the fixed camera angles back then to be as detailed and as you know creepy um back then um it would be a lot harder to do it in 3d with camera control in 1996 um, well and the fixed angles worked for it it just yeah, worked exactly yeah the and, and you touched on this the mansion the tight corners the narrow hallways, the, the passages that have the blind corner that you don't want people seeing around until after something's come after them and, and stuff like that. You really almost need that, those fixed angles on that game. Yeah. 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 Like I said, that it wouldn't have worked with camera control when they remade it, unlike it does in two. Um, I think two, you can get away with it a lot more. Um, but yeah, I a hundred percent agree with you for those of us that, Grew up in that era of games. Um, this is one of the top five games of, of our generation um, because of all the things you mentioned in terms of the things it started and inspired and the other media it created um, outside of video games. There's very few that have gone ahead and done that. Uh, the It's it's just amazing. Um, and as I said earlier, it's when, when, when I say that, you know, the newer generation can just start with the, the remakes is uh, more so because I've seen with a couple nieces that I had that are younger than me, um, you know, uh, when there's lack of fidelity, they tend to get bored of it. <laughs> so, well, and, more quicker. well, and you know how, you know, you know how the business works. If, yeah. if, uh, if you make a remake of a movie and it flops, you're not going to make a remake of the sequel. Yeah. Um, and, and the fact that they've remade, what one, two, and three. Yeah. Um, and it, and it's looking very, very promising that four is going to be remade. I mean, it just came out for VR. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it tells you about the series. I mean, uh, the resident evil series as a whole is by far as a whole, by far is my favorite series out there. Um, when it comes to horror, I mean, I, I just think that it, it, it's so far ahead of everything. Um, and I'll forgive them for, uh, six and, uh, and I, and I, and I, and I can move past that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there's five and six have issues <laughs> that are outside the video game. Um, well, besides six being a pile of trash, 
But um, in general, uh, it's just, I hope that they, the only thing I hope, and Jen, do you have a Resident Evil left on your list or? Uh, nope. Okay. Um, I just want to make sure because um, I just hope that when they go through this whole remake thing, they don't forget about Code Veronica. Oh, yeah. Oh, um, yeah. Because the true Resident Evil 4. Um, that game was the game that made me finally, um, outside of sports games, because again, um, those are a whole different genre, um, was the first time with my Dreamcast that I was like, oh, okay, I, I'm glad I bought this. Um, you know, with the health on the, on the memory card thing um, and all that. And it's just, I hope that's the next step to get there. Now, if they stop at four in Code Veronica, I'd be absolutely fine with it. <laughs> they don't need to remake five and six. Um, uh, five can live with Chris punching his boulder for eternity um, there. But I, I think the main thing, I think uh, my favorite part of one is that it mixed um, because at a time period came out and it started with the live action video opening and then went into the game um, and it does it well. Um I say that because the acting is not great <laughs> in that live action stuff. Um, but just the setting up the game, that live action horror, I think actually works. I think if you s- start with a, a, you know, in engine or some kind of FMV esque Final Fantasy type um, opening, it doesn't work as well. Um, I agree. And I think they did a great job because FMV was all the rage period um on pc and a bunch of other places um, and that was and that's kind of the thing you got you got to figure you know the, it, it is it's old it, it's it, it's a dated thing at this point however the effect of it yeah. is still present now yeah yeah there's definitely going to be a group of kids it's like how we go back and watch movies like evil dead and stuff like that um <laughs> that are way before we you know um or not even evil, I, I should say more uh, Dawn of the Dead, you know, or Night of the Living Dead and stuff like that, that were a lot older, um, you know, and watch those. And we appreciate those because we like that genre and that type of game. So there's definitely going to be kids that will go back and play these games in their original um, to get the full effect of it. Um, and I oh, think yeah. that's cool. Um, and I'm glad that there might be easier ways for them to do it in the future. If the PlayStation stuff is what they say it is. Um and you would hope that Resident Evil would be on that list. Um, but yeah, yeah, I, yeah, the reason why I asked Jen is because I thought we could get all of our Resident Evil talk out here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> not done with that yet. Okay. Um, but yeah, yeah, when we circle back around to James, we'll continue. <laughs> Just so we can have a little break. Um, mm-hmm. Jen, what's your next game? My next game is Dead Space. Ooh. Um, if you are really into disturbing and intense horror, Especially if it's set in space, Dead Space would be the perfect game for you. Um, this, the action in this game is pretty much nonstop. Um, there's rarely a dull moment or a moment to, uh, you know, catch your breath. And even when there is, you're constantly expecting something to pop out at you that you're kind of never relaxed, which is obviously what they intended. Um, the creatures in this game, when I say disturbing, they are really disturbing, really gross. Um, very loud and just extra creepy. And then the music itself and the sound design in this game is very eerie. It's very intense. Um, you know, you're you're stuck on this space station with uh, a handful of other people who are never really with you. 
So you're constantly communicating with people over your radio every once in a while, but you're pretty much on your own and you're being stalked. There's crazy looking creatures that you're trying to defeat. There's um, some puzzle elements to the game as well, which is which is fun. Um, like I said, the sound design is so good. Like when you go out into space to do something to the to the space station or the ship, whatever it is that you're on, um, the sound gets all muffled. And, you know, you have gravity changes in the game. It's really cool um, what they've done with that game. Uh, the first one and the second one are really good. Uh, and then it kind of falls off after that. But yeah. um, I would absolutely recommend this, like I said, to anyone who, as long as you're not really grossed out by heavy gore, um, then this would definitely be a game worth, worth playing for sure. Um, I actually have a pipe dream that one day I will build a um, a suit to be able to wear like Isaac wears in the game with like the glowing like status bar in the back. It's like his along his spine. Yeah. I thought that was so cool. But yeah. this game is amazing. Um, a little bit of cosplay. Yep. A little bit of cosplay. Yep. <laughs> Just a little bit. Yeah. Just a little bit. And, and yeah. Speaking of games getting remakes soon. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, yep. Yeah. Dead Space. That looks amazing from what I've seen. Yeah. Um, and, very excited. Uh, I will recommend to our listeners out there, if you are not into eye stuff, do not play two. Yes. Eye trauma is <laughs> it's a thing in the second game and you won't like it. You think you no. might be okay with it, but you might not be. So no. yeah. If you yeah. And, yeah. Just a just a warning. It's a friend <laughs> mark here. Yeah. Um mm -hmm. if eye stuff freaks you out, do not play that space two no matter how good it is. Yes. Um yeah, yeah. So I, I really I've beaten the first two games. The third one's a completely different type of game. Right. They tried to go co-op and do a bunch of stuff that was different. Still, from what I've heard from people that played it, you know, if you separate it <laughs> from, right. you know, the rest, then then it is good. But um, in conjunction with the first two, it's it's crazy. Um, yeah, so um, I'll do my final game here and then, and then I'll let you guys do your final two. Um, my final game was uh, a game that I played during an old segment we used to, I used to do on my streams, I, yeah, it definitely wasn't on Game Ball um, streams where I would play like a, a new game that was free every Tuesday. Um, I think it might have just been Xbox free games or it was Game Pass or something. This was like four or five years ago. Um, but I really like Layers of Fear. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I played that. that yeah. yeah, I played that for the first time, um, you know, as one of those, hey, this is free. Let's play it um sort of games that popped up and played it for a lot longer than i would normally do on those streams back then on my old channel and um yeah i really enjoyed it um you know i don't remember specifics from it because i've only played through once um but just the i just remember the atmosphere grabbing me um immediately some of the you know the, the story stuff um was really well done um yeah, for a game i wasn't expecting to have that um, as I thought it was just going to be a throwaway horror game to sort of have some fun with. Um, got more into it than I thought. Um, I do recommend it. Um, um, it. It's probably pretty cheap at this point um, if you don't already have it in your library. Um, but yeah, yeah, it, it, that that is my um, final game here because we talked about a lot of games that, that I've also played a lot of. But um, so the funny game I want to pick up. There's a game that I believe is playstation or saturn or something um and i think they remade it for the like dreamcast or whatever um it's a game called d um, d i've got d i love it um 
the funny thing is my brother-in-law um, thinks it is the scariest game on the planet. And he kept talking it up to us when he played it. Oh, man, it's the scariest thing you ever played. And then me and my sister who have played through the Resident Evils and Silent Hills, played that and kind of looked at him and was like, yeah, that was good. Good game. But have you seen these other games? <laughs> like, <laughs> like sort of thing. Because um, he was talking it up like it was like the greatest game of all time, which um, I apologize if you do think that, James. But No, just, I don't. But yeah. I think it was a very good game. I yeah. uh, used yeah. to love playing Myst. Mm, and yeah. D, D is... It's a horror version of Mist. Yes. yes. Sign yeah. me up. Best way to put it. Um, it. But yeah, it was. Yeah, and you can appreciate it. Somebody that's also played through the, you know, that that talk that he made. <laughs> just looking at him at the end, like I, I didn't know you got scared this easily. Like, yeah, it, it, it wasn't <laughs> that very scary of a game overall, but it, it, was, yeah. it was. It was a good. Uh, it was a good game though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The gameplay was good. The puzzles were great, from what I remember. Um, in terms of, you know, the, in that mist type way, Jen, mm-hmm. um, you know, where you might need a notebook, maybe, um, mm-hmm. depending on how good your memory is um, of things. But yeah, yeah. So D, D is a funny game that I always think about um, just for that, just for that simple interaction. One of my first interactions with my brother-in-law before, you know, they got, you know, engaged and married and stuff like that was, was over this game. So it's one of those special games that just sticks with our family. And we do razz them about it from time to time. Um, uh, you know, uh, but yeah, yeah. I'm glad that someone else has played T before. Um, and um, yeah, yeah. So I'll let you guys uh, finish. Um, James, which... Well, I'll finish off the uh, the, the, <laughs> the Resident Evil thing. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, and I, and I agree that one, uh, zero was good. One, I still say was the best because, like I said, it, it's a classic. Two, amazing. Three was a good game. Four was great. Five and six. Yeah. However, Resident Evil Seven. Yes. Uh, talk about a game. I mean, it just it it, it completely remade itself. Uh, people were starting to get tired of the same old thing. It was getting it was getting stale. Uh, here comes Resident Evil Seven with the first person view. Um, you know, you never, you never see what Ethan actually looks like, which, mm-hmm. you know, kind of becomes a meme at this point, but yep. there's uh, some photos from a certain Halloween party that might show you what. Yeah. 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 But <laughs> it, it, <laughs> I need to see that actually. Uh, but it, it's, it, it's, it's very well done. The creatures were unique. Uh, it was a total new, you know, with the mold and everything coming out, uh, the new monsters, the dark images, the new controls, um, it was an amazing rebirth to a franchise um, that was starting to look like it was going to go stale, and it was incredible. Um, I've always been a Resident Evil fan, so about seven, I'm like, you know, okay. And even I was getting tired of it. You know, yeah. I was kind of like, okay, I'm going to get it. You know, my last experience was with six. I, I honestly was not happy. I've beat six like twice, and for, for me, that's actually. Not a lot, but <laughs> because I really <laughs> love the Resident Evil series, um, but and, and I do, I have I have every Resident Evil on every single system. I mean, uh, all the way back to PS One and, and GameCube. I I have multiple copies of. I think in PS One, I have like four different versions of the first Resident Evil. Wow. Uh, yeah, the director's cut exactly, and uh, you know, and 
but seven, seven was just like such an awesome, uh, rebirth to the series. And it was, it was amazing. And, um, and in my opinion, seven was actually still better than eight. And I enjoyed eight, but, uh, eight kind of came close to falling into that, uh, into that area that, uh, five and six did where, where it almost became more of an action game than it did a, uh, uh, a survival horror game. But, uh, but seven was just incredible in the family, uh, the the family of uh, the uh, b- 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 I can't remember the name of the family, uh, but um, they were so such an awesome yeah. villain, but yet it was more of a tragic story. You, you mm-hmm. find out, I mean, because you don't know what made these people this way until you know the story progresses, and when you find out, you're kind of like, well, damn, that that kind of sucks. And it, it was a great game. The story was great. Uh, the progress, the way you proceeded through the game how the game ended um i thought it was i, th- I thought it uh you know there, there was a a scene at the end i won't get into but it was a a good uh you know kind of call back to to the original uh i i just thought that they they really did a solid product out there uh with with that game and i thought it was a a great way to uh, renew you know the interest in in the whole series yeah, I think the doing the first person, I like how they're doing sort of the split between the remakes are staying third person, um, but the new games are all being first person. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if that's going to be going forward if there is a ninth game, because it looks like you probably would be the daughter um, without spoiling exactly what happens. Um, and I'll be shocked if there's not. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, yeah. I mean, uh, most people listening to this podcast have probably watched the Bat Dan play through it. Um, Street. But yeah, yeah, I, I could see him going the third person with the ninth one because you've already seen every character that could possibly be in that next game. Um, you've seen their full bodies. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I think the, the best part about Seven, um, and I don't know if you've had the ability to experience it, but the fact that it was the first 3D game, um, not 3D, um, VR game. Yes. That really took advantage of the PlayStation VR, sort of. It made the game more scary and not just, you know, um, you know, it didn't break the horror spell because you, like, had to do the the way you have to move in VR. Um, the I think that was the... Um, because it famously comes for those of you who know, it famously came from the kitchen demo. It's all you knew. And oh, VR, yes, yes. You know, um, and that was one of the first PlayStation VR demo things. And didn't tell you it was, it was kind of like PT, um, where they didn't tell you the, um, uh, what it was, and you just went through this, and it was great. Um, but, yeah, seven, 7 is the first time I've seen in a while of, a game revitalizing itself without doing a full reboot of the entire series. And it's kind yeah, and of amazing. I can't think of any game um, that has been as successful to, you know, recreate itself and not just recreate itself uh, as in bringing it back, but recreating itself totally different. Yeah. Totally different. I mean, they could have smacked a, a, a different game name on it and, mm-hmm. People wouldn't even realize necessarily that it was part of the same series. Okay. Um, 
they completely remade, you know, just completely created a whole new game and it brought the interest back. Amazing. So Jen, what's your next one? Mm-hmm. Uh, my next one encompasses two games and that is the Left 4 Dead series. Okay. Um, another great example of how awesome zombie games can be. Uh, Left 4 Dead 1 and 2 were actually my favorite games for quite a long time because it combined my love of horror with my love of first person shooters. Um, and the Left 4 Dead characters are so good. <laughs> um, the the different zombies in those games are great, how they have all different sort kinds of zombies and, and the way that they act super differently. Um, the witch was my favorite zombie in that game, the one with the super long claws that uh, you couldn't shine a flashlight on or she would run at you screaming and murder you. Uh, one of us on this podcast liked to do that when we were playing together in a group, troll <clears throat> the other people. Could it? Could it could it be the one that likes to have a flashlight in every game they play? No, actually, it wasn't me. Oh wow! Spoiler alert! Yeah. Oh, you're talking about my girlfriend? Yeah, yeah, your girlfriend. The witch. Yeah, the witch. <laughs> uh huh. Somebody liked the witch a lot, and we played together. But uh, the witch, and I ran. <laughs> you're like, oh wait, you're not supposed to shine a flashlight at her, right? Yes. Okay. No, Bye. I, I think the first time I did it, I just literally ran towards. You did. Yep. And then you're like, guys, I'm down. <laughs> <laughs> um, but these games, this is another perfect game to play with friends if you could um, because of stuff like that. Like, obviously, the computer is playing as the other characters if you don't have someone to play with you um, that you're friends with. But it's it's not as helpful when you have a team of computers on your on you know in the game with you. You know it's much better to play with friends. But Left 4 Dead games are great. Um, I think they'll always hold like a, a special little place in my heart. Um, they're just like one of those fond nostalgic memories that I have. Well, it, it's also one of those games. I mean, if you look at uh, Back for Blood, mm-hmm. for example, um, you can see the inspiration uh, oh, yeah. and where it that came was- from. Totally, and, it's and a it, spiritual successor. Yeah, and, and and it's very obvious, and yeah. uh, and and there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, I just wish Pack for Blood was a better game. Um, yes, but that was kind of the thing. I mean, yeah, and you can see the effect and the and how it inspired that, and uh, and even to a degree, you can see that in uh, Dying Light. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, those games are great. Your final game there. My final game. Is getting over it. No. Um, <laughs> but if you know the game, oh my yes. God, it is a nightmare. Uh, no, my final game is actually Evil Within. Okay. Um, and it was another, uh, the, the very first Evil Within was another one of those games uh, that really it took it some time to, to, to gain some traction. Um, Evil Within, it's an amazing game. Uh, the first one is so much better than the second. It's a very dark game. It's a psychological game. It keeps you on the edge the whole time. You don't know really what's going to happen next. The creatures were so they were so absolutely just terrifying and unique. I mean, you didn't know what you were going to encounter. You didn't know where you were going to end up next. Um, interesting, tricky puzzles, uh, lots of action. Uh, it, it, it is one of those games. It, it, it's a survival horror slash shooter kind of game. Um, it, it's got great replay value in my opinion. Uh, the, the later, uh, the you're basically trapped in an asylum. Most of the game, uh, it's dark, it's terrifying. It looks like something that you would see on a, um, 
on, on a ghost hunting show. Uh, it, it's just, it, it's an awesome game. And the, uh, the feel that you have, you don't know what's going to come out. You can, and you know, so you're on, you're, you're on the edge on that. You can customize your character, uh, choose what traits you want on him. And I, I love games that you can customize. I love games that you can level up, mm-hmm. um, get skill points and, and, and somehow make your care, make the character more what you want the character to be. Um, and I love that. I love that on this game. Uh, it's got a little bit of everything. It's, it, it's, and, and I don't want to, I don't want to say too much of, of, uh, the storyline, because it's so impactful, but the story is so good. It's so well thought out. Um, now the second one, the second one's a damn good game too. It's not as good as the first one, but the second one is good as well. It, it, uh, has a well-developed story. Um, the second one definitely continues off the first one. Um, and obviously, you know, kind of what's going on in the second one, uh, but it's a very and, and on the harder settings, my God, it's one of the hardest games I've ever played. Um, and like I said, it does have zombies. It has uh, mutated creatures. It has, uh, you know, a guy that walks around that looks like a butcher, but a safe on his head. Uh, you would have to. Oh, you, Jen, if, if if you want to talk about a game um, that will sit there and and actually can make you stay up at night um, now. Probably not you or I, uh, because we're both pretty well into horror movies. Um, and, and horror to me is, and I think of it as a safe adrenaline rush. Mm-hmm. You know, you jump out of an airplane, that's not necessarily safe. You jump out of an airplane, you get that adrenaline rush, but what do you shoot don't open. Right. <laughs> horror movies, horror games, it's one of those things that you get that, that adrenaline rush, but you get it in a completely safe environment. Nothing can truly hurt you because it's just a game. It's just a, it's just a movie. Um, but you can get that rush and, and evil within is one of those games that the story sucks you in so much and you get so focused on, on the character and you get so focused on the creatures in the game that it, it it leaves you thinking about it when you're away from it. And, and it's one of those games that, that you play and you're like, and, and you have to stop because it's getting late or, you know, you've been up, 20 hours playing it already, whatever. And, and you sit there and you, you go to bed thinking about wanting to play it again. Yeah. Um, it's a very good series. Uh, and, and it's, and, and it's one of those games that you can't, um, a, a lot of, th- I think a lot of times in, in resident evil five and six are a good example of this where they try to do the survival horror and shooter games. A lot of times, you know, you go in guns blazing, you're probably going to win. Um, this is one of those games that you can't do that. Uh, if you go in guns blazing, you're going to die. Uh, <laughs> and, and so you actually have to think a little bit of what you do before you do it. Right. And it, it's just a solid, it's a solid game. That's awesome. I, I, I'm done. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know what to there. All right, Jen, let's finish it up. Yep. So my last one is VHS. And uh-huh. many of you listening may not have heard of it because it's currently in closed beta. But I was lucky enough to get a key. Um, Unfortunately, it is down currently for a huge security update. But this game has a really great foundation. And I try to tell people about it whenever I can. Um, If you like games like Dead by Daylight, where it's an asymmetrical horror type game, but you wish you had more of a chance against the killer, then VHS may be more of what you're looking for. Um, So you play 
either as one of four teens or as the monster. Um, but you get to craft weapons to defeat the monster. And if you defeat him with every category of weapon before he kills your whole team, then you win. Um, you can play, like I said, as either side. And one of the best aspects of this game, in my opinion, is the community that surrounds this game. There's just really no major toxicity. Like Dead by Daylight, unfortunately, there's a lot of toxicity that surrounds it. Um, and maybe it's because, you know, VHS, like I said, is in closed beta currently, but the developers and the community leaders are so on top of squashing any kind of toxicity that lives within their community. It's it's very commendable and respectable, in my opinion, um, because not only are they creating a very unique looking game and a very fun game to play in itself, but they're also they really care about their players and they want to make sure that everyone's truly having fun when they're playing their game. Um, so they are expecting to have it back up and running. They've been saying like a few weeks for a while, but um, they unfortunately got hacked. If you didn't know, oh, so th they're trying to, uh, yeah, they're trying to improve their security um, before you know releasing it back into closed beta. But they are saying they're making progress, and hopefully, hopefully, within the next couple of episodes, we will be announcing, or I'll be announcing that I'm back playing VHS because in the small amount of time that I did get to play this game. I was hooked on it. I it was during my like time where I was broken up with Dead by Daylight and I was only playing Phasmo and this game made it really hard for me to to not just, you know, stick with Phasmo all the time. Like I constantly wanted to play VHS where I was like, "Man, I do want to play Phasmo obviously, but like I wonder if I should play VHS on stream too." And and yeah, uh, yeah. so I I really like this game and like I said if if you're a fan of Dead by Daylight, um I would suggest giving it a chance if you wind up getting a closed beta key or, you know, once it comes out into early access, definitely give it a chance. It's got a great foundation for sure. I'm still trying to get in on it. Yeah. Um, they're not releasing beta keys right now because of the security update, but they are planning on resuming as soon as, as soon as it's back up and running. So hopefully you do. All right. We'll see. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So that was our favorite horror games. Um, mm -hmm. Very fun conversation. Yep. I think we picked the perfect guest to do it with. Yep. Um, uh, I will say the one game that I didn't mention being PT, I don't want to bring it up just because you can't get it anymore. So if you don't already have a PS4 with it, you can't really play it, so I don't want to really rub it in people's faces. Mm -hmm. um, nanny, yeah. nanny, boo-boo. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> that being said, um, nanny, nanny, boo-boo. Exactly. Uh, watch, watch people stream it. Um, but yeah, so that moves us in perfect segment to our retro roulette game, um, which was uh, Parasite Eve. Um, shocked that Tom had this game. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll we'll pull the curtain back. We, uh, me and Jen, were trying to think of a game that would be the least likely to be on Tom's list um, and make it our retro roulette game. And uh, Parasite Eve came up um, amongst a bunch of games we rolled in a randomizer of, of choices we had. And I thought it was a perfect choice because, A, once if you watch the stream, you know exactly why Tom would never have ever played this game. Um, and two, um, it's a game that um, I haven't finished in a long time. Um, and I'm, I'm interested in hearing uh, James's thoughts um, on later game stuff because I don't really remember much of it. Um, and I didn't get much past um, what you guys saw on stream. Uh, but just a little backstory on uh, with this game. I purchased this game when it first came out because I was very much into the Silent Hill Resident Evil 
And I'm like, oh, Square Enix is making one. Or Square, I guess it's Squaresoft at the time um, yeah. is making one. And uh, it's going to be good. You know, I like Final Fantasy. And, you know, it, let's see their take on it. And I enjoyed the gameplay style. Um, and the it took a little bit wa- a little bit for me to get the combat down. I think I enjoyed it more the playthrough I did for the stream and recently mm-hmm. um, than I did back then, just because it wasn't exactly what I was looking for when I first bought it, mm-hmm. um, when it released. Um, but I think the one thing that stuck through, and I would love to hear uh, uh, both of your thoughts on this, but the times when the scenes just go completely silent, yeah, still freak me out. And <laughs> meaning like not in a scary, oh my God, I'm scared. It's like, like, no ambient noise, like yeah. nothing. Yeah, like you could, like um, that's the one thing Resident Evil does when it has no music. Like, you still hear the footsteps or whatever. Yeah. Like there's there's something <laughs> there, <laughs> um, and I think it's it just makes me irrationally mad whenever it occurs in the game because I'm like, come on, guys, you made <laughs> Final Fantasy seven. I mean, uh, but anyway, um, I think the combat is very unique and very uh, for the time. Obviously, um, um, I think Vagrant's story sort of plays on it a little bit, despite people wanting to argue with me about that. Um, but yeah, yeah, I, it was just as 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 crazy as I remember it. Um, the mitochondria stuff is stuck with me. Um, um, Dude, I passed biology on that game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, the powerhouse of the cells. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, I, I, I still... Um, I still want to play through it fully um, when I get a little more time. Um, things have come up and Elden Ring has sucked me in. Uh, but I am interested to hear your thoughts on it because um, I talked a whole lot about it when I streamed it. Um, so we'll start off with our guest. Um, and um, or actually, you're probably going to talk the most about it. So <laughs> let, me get, uh, let me get Jen's yeah, go for um, it. impressions. Yeah. So I really like this game. Um I had high hopes going into it because, you know, I was really excited to play this horror game. I've heard so much about it and never played it. Yeah. Um, so I had a lot of fun. I think the opening is pretty cool. Um, the, unfortunately, it's unskippable, <laughs> the cutscene yeah. in the beginning, but it's pretty cool. I think they tried a little too hard to be fancy about it, but it also feels right for it being a PS1 game. So that was fine. Um, the music in the opening also reminded me of Silent Hill. So I liked it. Um the first thing I noticed once the game started was how Mark said it's super awkward when there's dialogue between NPCs and there's no music, no sounds in the background. We're in a city literally when the game starts. And when they're talking, there's nothing. It's crickets, like not even crickets. Literally, there's nothing. <laughs> I expected some like low volume city background noise and it just was silent. So I'm really glad that you also mentioned that, Mark, because that stood out to me like a sore thumb. Um I really appreciated the different camera angles. I really liked when there was like a direct overhead. And then as you continued forward, it kind of panned from being directly overhead to like behind her as she walked. I thought the cinematic, it was very cinematic in the way that they did the camera angles. Um, And the cutscene with the play was just hilarious (laughs) with her like knocking her date out of the way. I know you, Mark, you had that little gif of that. Streaming it. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, during the first scene where you fight, uh, where you f- where fight the actress, I don't know what I did wrong because I wound up running out of bullets and then I had to force her to kill me to get out of that scene. And then I realized, oh, great. Now I have to start the game all over again because it didn't <laughs> save. Later on, I realized you have a club 
that you could <laughs> use to beat her with, but I didn't know. <laughs> so I was like, well, damn. So I got all the way through, and this was my first time playing, like I said. So some parts took me a little bit longer. I knew from watching Mark that I had to, you know, investigate everywhere, like open every locker and, you know, check all the bodies and stuff, which is fine. And unfortunately, I got to a part where you walk in the room and she's playing the piano and the screen sort of froze and there's some piano background music and then it just went silent. So I was like, this could be the game being silent and awkward because that's what it's done in the past. But this just feels wrong. Like something is wrong. And the game crashed and my save was gone. Then I had to do it all over again. (laughs) Uh, And I went faster this time because I knew where everything was. Um, so I basically got as far as Central Park, um, in the zoo. I actually got stuck trying to find the key that I needed to open the door. It sounds like it's an aviary or something. It's right at the beginning. (laughs) mm, Yeah, I was going to say, I've either totally missed it or it glitched and my game had... It it was in the office in, in, in the desk drawer. See, I, I feel like my game (laughs) might've glitched. Because I went in that office so many times you and I literally stand perfect yes, at it. Yes, I had a feeling. I was like, there has to be something in this office because there's always like a piece of paper to read or something. I'm so annoyed. That was one of my negatives about the game where you have to walk through a door perfectly. You have to walk up the stairs towards the left if you think you can go up the stairs. Like you have to stand perfectly in front of a locker. So you open it and you know there are rooms where there's debris on the ground and there's collision where you can get stuck on like a coat rack that fell over and a dead body. And you're like, all right, I got to like shimmy myself through this space. So that was like kind of a frustrating aspect of the game. So it's good to know that I wasn't wrong and I'm hoping it wasn't just glitched and it wasn't working at all. So I'll go back and, and take care of that. But you literally um, have to stand perfect to get the best or yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, overall, <laughs> I really like the game. Like I said, it's, it's a nice mix of wandering around. You have the random battles. I really liked the battle system. Um, and, and it allows you to find a nice amount of ammo and medicine, which is which is helpful. Um, like, like I said, the battle system is pretty cool how you can kind of dodge the attacks. Um, I feel like there were situations where it was kind of impossible to dodge. Um, like close quarters in the park where you're surrounded by like three snakes and you're like, okay, <laughs> obviously I can't dodge all of you at the same time. Um, but yeah, I had a lot of fun. Um, and I can't hold the lost progress really against the game. It was just a frustration, but it was, it was a good time. I'm glad, I'm glad that Tom owned this game. Uh, you know, if, if I had to say the the biggest, and I'll say this out, out first is the, the biggest negatives, um, about the game. Uh, yeah, the, the controls, particularly when exploring, uh, could be very difficult, uh, the fact, and 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 I and I could see where that would be frustrating is you literally have to stand perfectly in front of the desk to to open it to get the key out. Right. Um, I think some of the imaging, even with the technology at its time, could have been better. Uh, the the burnt bodies, for example, to me yeah. look more like um, they look more like red dogs than they did people <laughs> uh, in a lot of ways. Uh, I think they could have done better with that. Um, I, I thought it was very unique, uh, and, and I think this is actually a good thing. I think it really set up uh, a lot of the uh, uh, of the uh, the fear in the game, and I think a lot of the things that the game did that I don't think necessarily necessarily they meant 
to have happen actually made it actually a little bit scarier. Um, and, and, and that is, for example, at the time that this game came out, it was very popular still to have voice overlays. Uh, you at least ha- would have some dialect between characters. Oftentimes you would have somebody, you know, voice acting the character and stuff like that. That started becoming a, a, a thing very early on. Um, and we saw that with other games that come out around the same time. They elected not to do that. The music and the music is one thing that was, you know, it always come back to that same song a lot mm-hmm. of times. Yep. And that song is creepy as hell. Um, mm-hmm. And it went through, it, it was always there. It was always present. And a lot of, I think a lot of it, these, these awkward silent spots is what kind of even made it more interesting because you're sitting there going, okay, everything got quiet. <laughs> something's about to happen. <laughs> and sometimes something did happen, but sometimes nothing happened. But it, but it would catch your attention. Um, mm-hmm. I really, I, I loved the story. The story was Excellent. And the subtle hints through the story um, would draw you into multiple directions. And, and, and you would think at one point in the, in the story, you'd be like, oh, I know exactly where this is going. I, I, I know the whole story behind this. And then all of a sudden, it would do a 180 on you. And it, it was something else. And they did a great job developing the story. I, I loved the, the, the mitochondria uh, side of it. And and, and taking it to a different angle that you hadn't seen in a lot of other games. I thought it was a very good, uh, well-thought-out game. Um, a lot of the actual effects in the game, though, really kind of almost made you feel like it was a B game. It really didn't feel like it, came, it that it was a Square game. Mm. Um, it felt like it was some sort of independent company, almost. Um, because... Y- it and there again, it's the sound ending. But then if you step back and you really look at it, and you're like, you know, that worked. That worked really good. Um, it doesn't take long for it to build up. I mean, come on, the the the, the first cinematic of <laughs> of the game mm-hmm. pretty well tells you everything you need to know to get started. Yep. Um, th- there's a little bit of humor there in the beginning of it. I personally thought I'm like. I, I, I honestly did not like her boyfriend at all that uh, that yes. she was going to the movie with. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was kind of funny. She pulled a, a, a gun out of the outfit she was wearing. That was pretty funny as well. Uh, and, <laughs> and did you notice her elbow the guy out of the way? Yes, that was uh, that was great. Now, so I, I like, no. not, well, now, so I'll admit, I, uh, I hadn't played this game since it originally came out um, until the other day. And I was like, you know what? can go through this game really quickly. Uh, it was took a little bit longer than what I thought it was going to. Uh, but I went ahead and played through it again um, because I wanted to refresh my mind on, on, on my yeah. thoughts and everything. Um, the creatures. I mean, the creatures. I can't really talk enough about the creatures. I love them. I, I love the, the rat and how it mutated and, and you know, the, the zoo animals. I mean, the, the zoo was a perfect... Um, a perfect environment for this game. It really was uh, to see how the cells altered in, in the creatures. Um, and you know, the, the, the battle, I thought that I thought the story was well-developed. I thought the, the, one of the hardest things for me personally, uh, and this was when I first played it, uh, the, you know, the last time I played it, I, I was prepared for it, but uh, the fighting style, um, it, it, it reminded me, I mean, you could see, you could see the Final Fantasy um, almost turn-based um, yeah. combat in there, but it was free motion. Um, mm-hmm. The only time that that was, the only time that that, that was an issue is there's a couple bosses that, that you can't dodge. 
that you right. can't block from uh, that they're going to hit you. And that, that, that was kind of annoying. Um, but how you can move. I mean, you literally, most of the, most of the definitely regular mobs and most of the, the bosses, even you could literally play through a good portion of the game and never take damage. If you were just slick enough. Um, I really enjoyed the, how you could move around like that. I, I really like that. Yeah. Um, the game was actually, uh, they took advice uh, when they created the game from an actual biologist. Uh, he actually helped produce the game, which I thought was really, really cool. cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, you know, I, um, I, I like the, and, and, I, and I said this a little earlier on um, Evil Within, uh, I like to customize. I'd love to customize. Uh, I liked how you could customize your weapons. You could customize your armor. You could literally... Uh, make um i uh am i pronouncing that right i think i am you could literally make her almost invulnerable you know from just stuff you pick up and you could mm-hmm. pick up stuff to increase her her uh um, you know how fast she could attack you could increase you could increase her health you could increase her durability and these are just customizations that that the player can make off uh, off of finding junk <laughs> and that's literally what it was called was junk yep. and junk. And it was really neat how you can how you can do that, and how the weapon how you have like smart weapons in the sense that when you're attacking when you're attacking, the weapons would have a range sometimes. Yeah. You know, a shotgun might have super short range, or a rifle's going to have a longer range, and and you know then you have the abilities on top of that weapon. And I love that. I loved how it created the bubbles, that way you could see if you're actually going to hit or or not. Yeah. Um, yeah. I like the level bonuses that you got for to be able to customize your character even more. Um, and and, and in my opinion, this game was significantly, um, in my opinion, ahead of its time in a lot of ways with being with the customizations that you could do. Now, and you keep in mind, this is a PS1 game that you could customize your character to the degree, not just the character, but your character's weaponry and everything else. I thought it was very well done, I thought it was very creative. Um, it's one of those games there again, it's one of those games that they were to make a, do a remake of it, especially the mutation of the animals and everything mm-hmm. would be the cinematics, the cinematics on that game oh, would yeah. be freaking terrifying. Yep. If they I was it. thinking the same thing, either that or like a, an, a series, like a live action series, as long as oh, I don't yeah. mess it up, it, it would be, there's so much, there's so much more that they could do now to make that game even crazier. Oh yeah. And one of the, you know, the positioning can be difficult, like I said, but one of the biggest things that was annoying, I think more than anything, at least for me, um, and this is something you never saw really in resident evil, uh, resident evil, you always had these storage boxes. So if your inventory got full, go to the storage box, drop off some crap in this game. There's no storage box. Uh, you're limited on your space. Um, and you know, a lot of times you're having to get rid of the junk just to be able to pick up, uh, uh, something to heal yourself with or, or whatever. And, and I didn't like the the fact that your inventory was so teeny, uh, mm-hmm. which made sense, but the story and how it concludes, uh, and the relationship between, you know, the characters and, and the evolution. And, and, and like I said, the way you think it's going to go only for it to completely go in a different direction. It works. It works so good. And and even and, and one thing that I really, really, really did appreciate about the game um, is all the dialogue has a purpose. Um, the relationship, uh, particularly like uh, with the officer, 
um, and his son. Mm-hmm. Um, I did think it was kind of funny that the son shows up in the middle of the damn snow at the front of the zoo out of nowhere and goes, Hey dad, what's going on? You know, um, (laughs) I thought that was a little funny, but, um, but the, but the relationship there with the, with the, with the, even the minor characters, uh, was very well developed. The police chief, very well developed character. Um, you felt like you at least knew something about all the characters affected in the game. Um, and there again, there was, and, and I think at the time, and that's kind of the thing you always have to look at is at the time, there is some potentially disturbing imagery on there. Um, yeah. The carriage ride, for example. Uh, I mean, yeah. she sets the horse on fire. I mean, <laughs> you know, and, you know, part of, you, you, you watch it now, and, and I think you touched on it earlier, uh, the, the original Evil Dead movies. Yeah. Uh, I love those movies. I love those movies. When I first watched Evil Dead 1, it scared the hell out of me. Mm-hmm. Um, I was very young at the time. I was too young to be watching horror movies. They scared the hell out of me. Um, I watch it now. It's very campy and cheesy. Um, But that's because of what you had at the time versus what you have now. And that was one thing that this game did very well. They took the technology that was given at the time. They were able to develop it. They were able to use it in a way that, that really you didn't feel like you were being overburdened by um pointless story all the dialogue made sense the 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 imagery made sense but it was still disturbing in imagery for the time like i said when i first saw that rat mutate the the first you know and this is like early early game stuff uh, when i first saw that rat mutate i'm like oh my god yeah. <laughs> this yeah. is creepy um and you know now it's kind of like <laughs> but um you know, and of course, I have become a little bit, uh, what, what's the word I'm looking for? Yeah, I, I've become quite a bit desensitized with, uh, <laughs> with, uh, with, with horror games and stuff. I'm always, I'm always kind of trying to find that next high when it comes yeah, to that. Yeah. And like I said, it's <laughs> the, it's the adrenaline rush that you get from something that is totally safe. I, I, I love that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, at the time, I was like, damn, this is, this is something, you know? Um, and really, at the time, it was one of those games. I I had a knack. Um, little full disclosure here. I had a knack um, when I was growing up, uh, and and you know had my first job. I had a knack for going and spending my entire paycheck on video games, and, and so I literally have hundreds of of games, and I just buy a game because oh, it's got a cool looking cover. Let's buy it. Um, mm-hmm. So this is one of those games that was kind of like that for me. I. Um, I just picked it up because I'm like, oh, it's a Square game, you know. There's other games by Square that I know that I like, so let's just uh, let's just get it and you know see if it's worth a dang. Um, and it's one of those games that I that I absolutely love. Um, it was it, it 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 made you remember things, and and I wasn't joking when I said it helped me pass biology. Um, you know, it was pretty interesting. I had a game. No, let me back up. I'm not going to completely. That would be a lie if I said that completely. It's only the second game that I ever played that actually, actually, parts of it actually helped me in school remember things. Um, The other one was Age of Empires, the the very first Age of Empires. Yeah, have you ever played the very first Empire uh, Age of no. Empires and you're taking World Civ 1? You will pass yep. World Civ 1 just by playing Age of Empires 1. I swear. I could totally um, see that. <laughs> <laughs> it's historically pretty spot on with the hunter gatherer time uh but that's not what i'm talking about uh, <laughs> but it was a wonderful game um 
and like I said, I, I, I can only think of a few minor issues right. that I actually had yeah. with it. Uh, it had multiple endings. I don't know if you guys know that. It did have multiple endings to it. Um, I did not know that. It know was that. it was a game that I wished that they never made sequels. Um, the second game was meh. The only thing that really the second game had in common with the first uh, is the lead character. Uh, and then they come out, um, 2010, 2011, something like that, uh, with a third game and it, it didn't even share the same title. It was a, it was a totally different game. And, mm-hmm. and I, I really think that was kind of a money grab. That was a, a failed attempt. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't, I haven't played third birthday or, yeah. or anything, but yeah, yeah, this, it, you know, basically, uh, I have some good memories of things you were mentioning there, but yeah. This game's definitely worth it for you guys to pick up and play. Um, let's get our scores real fast, and then we'll spin the wheel. Um, we'll start off um, with James. How am I scoring? Out of five. Out of five. <laughs> considering it's time, considering it's uh, amazing storyline, uh, very few flaws on the game, I would give it a solid 4.5. Nice. Yeah. Hey, Jen? Uh, I would give this game a four out of five. I could definitely being. See, it being a solid horror game, considering when it came out, is pretty much what James just said. I would just dock points, in my opinion, for the awkward silences. I didn't like them, but I didn't play through enough of the game to really get a feel for maybe them coming in handy horror-wise, like you mentioned, and the difficulty getting through the doors and navigating around objects and stuff like that. But a very good yeah, game. Difficulty's rough. Yeah, a very good game, considering, you know, all that. Yeah. Yeah, and I, uh, I'll go, I'm going well you're getting into my upper echelon um four and a halfs and fives um uh, i like this do as they say use the whole scale um for things <laughs> mm-hmm. but um yeah four is solid um i appreciated it more just like um uh when i went and replayed sonic adventure um i liked it more like recent like when i played it um than i did when i first played it um, just because I think I was more understood what the game was than what I was anticipating what I was buying right. when I first played the game. And I think that helped out a lot. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I think the game is well worth playing. Um, you know, it's uh, it's stories really interesting. Not many games have even tried stories like that. Um, and, you know, uh, if you could ignore a lot of the of its time stuff in terms of um, you know, being a PS1 game and all that. Um, and there's a lot of really good solid gameplay and good um, character interaction in there. Uh, so, yeah. yeah, that was Parasite Eve, um, a game that, uh, you know, I, I've been looking to play for, uh, again, um, for about 20 years or more. Um, so I'm glad that, that we uh, got it last time. But now it's time to find out our game for next week. So let's spin the wheel. Uh, I'll do full disclosure since it's not a bit here. Um, I was not able to get into Tom's list of games. So I went to another website that just randomized games. Um, since we can play just about anything, Jen. Mm-hmm. Uh, here. So I got um, Arrow the Acrobat for the Sega Genesis. Okay. Uh, I don't know what that is, but it I sounds interesting. I have no interesting. clue what that is. <laughs> it is a uh, platformer, Sunsoft game um, from the 93 94 ish range 
Sunsoft. Uh, Didn't they make Adventure Island? And that was Hudson. Oh, that's uh, a, yeah, you're right. That's Hudson Soft. You're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably in the same like Japanese development realm. Um, but yeah, so so Sunsoft's um, Arrow the Acrobat for the Sega Genesis is our game this week. Um, it is it's a weird game from what I remember because um, I actually did rent this as a child. Um, uh, there is um, you will either really love or get really sick of the music depending on how good at the game you are um but yeah it has um some unique things i remember um sometimes you had to go through a level multiple times i don't know if it was the same exact level but it would be different things like you had to either find a key to escape and another time you had to jump on a certain amount of platforms to escape you know like Mm -hmm. it had different goals but um it is a game um that I'm interested to see um, your opinion on it, uh, Jen. Um, see if you'll be able to push through or get frustrated with it. It's yeah. fun when these older platformers, yeah, or, or things come up. Yeah. Um, here they, they made some. Uh, that company's made some pretty good games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it, it. Like I said, the from what I remember, the technical part of the game is really good. Um, I think it's just the if the reason um, people rate it a little bit lower. Is just because of the way the game's structured in terms of like multiple ways you have to exit a level and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, yeah. So we'll be playing Arrow the Acrobat um, for uh, the Sega Genesis this week. So that'll do it for a podcast. Um, great discussion. One mm-hmm. probably going to end up being our longest one. Um, uh, we've been at it a while here, but um, yeah, yeah. We had that. That I think most of our time that was expanded from what I thought it would be was the. Um, the the lengthy E three discussion that I was not expecting that was pretty yep. fun and interesting, and I think you out there um haven't enjoyed that or at least I hope you did. Um, mm-hmm. so um, before we go, um, I'd like to thank uh James um for coming. Um, yeah, go ahead, plug your stuff again. Uh, there again, I uh, I'm a Twitch streamer uh under the name Death underscore comes underscore. I stream Monday, Tuesday, Wednesdays, and Saturdays, 6.30 Eastern Time till whenever. Um, we oftentimes rate a slacker named Roxy. Uh, <laughs> but uh, we play everything. We do community games. Um, we just hit 1,000 followers. Uh, so we're doing a lot of giveaways right now as well. I'm very proud of that. Uh, my community is absolutely wonderful. I love them. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we play everything. We do a little bit of horror. We do uh, community games. We do Minecraft. We are getting ready to start a couple of new games. Uh, Ark, um, Lost Ark. Uh, let me see here. We're doing some demos of some other games that I don't know if I can say right now. Uh, so I'm not going to. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I think that about covers it. Thank you again. Um... As I said, the the third chair is open. Um, we'll have special guests throughout the next couple months here. Um, James will probably come back. We'll probably have Jonathan back and many others. Um, so I'm really excited about the next couple months of podcast year. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you again, Jen, as always, uh, mm-hmm. for being the co-host here. Um, yeah. So I am Mark, and um, we'll see you Monday for Hour of the Acrobat. Bye. Bye.